This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. Project Humanoid, this is Murder My Dude. I'm BP Burke. And today I'm Jackson Wells. You are Jackson Wells. Man, I'm here. I'm proud of you. I'm queer. If you're around John Wayne Gacy, you might disappear. Hmm. Uh, it's a call back to uh, Ron and Fez. And just like, we yeah, were, that was a... We were, we were talking about... Uh, <laughs> We were talking about Ron and Fez literally right before we uh, start recording. Is this your Fezatorial? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, rude and rude fun times that was a great show gosh all right well <laughs> uh i don't want to i don't want to prolong uh this this one and getting into it um the meat and potatoes of this show is a little uh it's fucked up but here's the thing i think if you're gonna rate things on like a scoville scale the scoville scale okay scoville is that a scoville, scoville yeah, the, i said scoville like an idiot scoville you're talking about like the pepper thing i right? am absolutely okay, talking yeah, about the pepper scale. this is like this is like a mild compared even to though they even though gacy killed more people right and he killed people in roughly the same age range it doesn't make me feel as queasy do you think it's because there's no video and there's not as like yeah okay yeah it's because I don't I don't hear it so it's it's yeah okay yeah I think I think that's absolutely what it is um obviously bad very bad most of the people we cover bad people yeah we we always say that yeah I mean yeah that uh, that should go without saying uh it isn't nice guys my dude maybe one episode we'll do nice guys my dude like on April Fool's Day that would work yeah I don't like we that. just tipped our hat but we can't do that now. Yeah. We'll think of something. No. We won't. We probably won't. Mm-mm. All right. It's time for This Week in Murder. Oh, okay. If only we had a sounder. This Week Murder! So... Still adding. I love it. it. Yeah. It's like I'm in the room. We should definitely uh, get people to do that for us. <laughs> I want you to keep doing it, like... Just somebody, some like 20 years dead alive. So I was like, I used to listen to this podcast where they used to do this segment and go, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and then some podcast in the future has to find murder, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> this week on Reply All. <laughs> that that episode is getting so much traction. Like, it's everywhere. What episode? The episode of Reply All that just came out where they try to track down this old song. It's like the, the case of the missing hit, I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 you were being kind of vague, so yeah, yeah, you said that. You're right. I should be more specific, and I have well, been. Thank you. This week in murder. Yeah. Uh, responding officer shot, kill man who beat four year old son to death with guitar. Shoot, kill man. Re- responding officers shoot and kill man. I'm sorry. What did I say? Shot. I don't have my glasses on. Okay, that's. Do you want me to read the headlines? Uh, well then that means uh no I'll do that because I don't okay. want see I like it to be I do one thing and you do the other and if you read the headlines then that means I have to read the story and if I can't read the headlines properly then how am I going to read the story properly which is in smaller font you're right Joshua David Hernandez Lord thirty three it's actually the same Lord font. Joshua David Hernandez 
That's what it looked like when he was in school, because it would be Lord, comma. Right. Actually, that'd be Lord Joshua David Hernandez, because there's a comma. Yes. So, uh, actually, the, just that this means nothing to the show, but that is actually the same font size, just that the headlines are in all caps. It's literally the same font and type. Okay. But Joshua David Hernandez Lord, mm-hmm. 33, was killed by members of the Clarkdale Police Department responding to a call reporting an injured person. When police arrived, Lord was wielding a guitar and also grabbed a knife. Yeah. After Lord threatened the responding officer, the officer deployed his taser, which did not stop Lord. The officer then fatally shot Lord, who was pronounced dead at the scene. He didn't, oh, he didn't fatally shoot. Well, he did fatally shoot him. I'm just, uh, I'm calling back to my blunder earlier. (laughs) Lord's four-year-old son, whose name has not been released, was airlifted to a hospital in neighboring Flagstaff, Arizona, but died due to skull fractures suffered when Lord hit him with the guitar he'd been carrying. Lord's 51-year-old mother was also attacked and suffered a skull fracture, but survived her injuries. Flagstaff, didn't uh, ECW? That was the Flagstaff in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Ah, gotcha. This is Flagstaff, Arizona. They probably did stuff in Flagstaff, uh, Arizona. Staff, listen to me. Uh, Flagstaff, Arizona as That's well. like northern Arizona. It's around like a lot of like native reservations. Yeah. Like most most of the people that live in Arizona live in the south of Arizona, like right. around like the Phoenix and Tucson area. Yeah. Scottsdale, places like that. Yeah. Northern Arizona, it's a lot of remote land. It's a lot of desert and it's a lot of like Native Scorpions. American reservations. Yeah, probably. Snakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. 18 shoot, one killed and <laughs> shot out at anniversary party for Cleveland Motorcycle Club. Omen? Should I should I read that again? If you'd like. Okay, fine. 18 shot, one killed in shootout at anniversary party for Cleveland Motorcycle Club. Omens MC, a Cleveland motorcycle club now known more for its community service efforts than the rowdier I like their sword. They had a good sword. Omens sword? Yeah, sword of omens. Oh, okay. It was a Thundercats reference. I, 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 I was so young with Thundercats, like I was a fan. I had all the toys, but I don't remember it really. I remember, not only do I remember Thundercats, because I loved Thundercats, my my mom had a cougar, a car, it was mm-hmm. a, a cougar, and I remember taking the symbol off of the car, because <laughs> it looked like the Thundercats logo. That's hilarious. And I wanted that, I wanted that so, and I fucking got it, and I was like, it was like a prized possession, I was like, oh my god, I have a, th-. I was obsessed with Thundercats, uh, and then when I got older, they uh, they released all these like bloopers mm-hmm. and, oh, things. Yeah, and there was that. a guy doing a voice for Mumra, and he was like, show me your tits, my dear. I think it was, I want to see your tits, my dear. Or something like that. Yeah. And then like snarf was okay. in there, wasn't he? All right. So I correct me. You just, just need to one up. You just need to be that guy to no. like, no, you fucked up. So I need to show and I need to tell the world because everybody kinda... listens. Everybody listens to the show. Well, yeah, that, that's that goes without Fine, saying. Fine, I want to see it. Show me it. Whatever the fuck it was. It was something about I just tits, wanna, my dear. I just want to do the voice. And then, snarf, snarf. Yeah. There's snarf and lino. Mm-hmm. Panth- I stole a uh, panthro. Uh, something to do at my local Acme. <clears throat> I'm not going to say it like I'm from Philadelphia. You're not going to say Acme? No. Yeah, it was at my local Acme. And... Uh, I was at my Acme and they, for some reason, they had like Thundercats toys there. And I remember, because I remember stealing the nunchucks and my dad got so pissed at me. But anyway, so that's, that's the different, that's Thundercats brought that up because this is, uh, this story is about the Omens Motorcycle Club. Yep. They are a Cleveland motorcycle club that's now known more for its community service efforts than the rowdier past that preceded them. And they celebrated their anniversary in a building owned by another Cleveland club called Lifers MC, 
But the evening ended in tragedy when Lee Andre Shonuff Dixon, 48, was killed in a shootout that happened when some other party guests that were kicked out returned armed. Hmm. So he was he was the one killed and there were 17 others shot. 14 men and three women, they were injured, some to the point where they required surgery. In addition to members of the Omens and Lifers, larger groups more often tied with the label of quote-unquote one-percenter clubs were on hand. Now, you know what the one-percenter thing means, right? Yeah, I like it, though, how you said one-percenter. Like you, you announced, yeah, I, I, li- I just like the enunciation of that. One-percenter. Yeah. Yes, of course I know what a one-percenter is. The one-percent! Not that one. Bernie doesn't like the one-percent. And, and I don't like it when it comes to the oligarchy and it comes to motorcycle clubs. I like two-percent. It's a little thicker. Gives you a little more something. I like to skim milk clubs. Zero percent. But yeah, basically, if you don't know what that one percenter means, it's from this old adage where they would always say that only one percent of motorcycle owners were bad guys and like thugs and outlaws. And they're the clubs that would take take pride in that and say, like, yeah, we're that one percent. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the Hells Angels, the Pagans, yeah. things like that. And uh, so the, some of these other groups on hand, they're members of the Zulus of Zulus MC, which was one of the first black one percenter clubs. And they've kind of tried to shed that label now, but a lot of people still consider them a one percenter club. Right. And then there's also Wheels of Soul MC, which was a one percenter club founded in West Philadelphia. Born and raised. Yeah. So a lot of these are like primarily black motorcycle clubs. You don't say. And (laughs) yes, I do say. Oh. And well, Wheels of Soul is actually integrated, but it's majority black. Okay. I think uh, I think with a name. Uh, Lee Andre Shonuff Dixon is is said. I'm not going to think that that's an old white guy. Right. Well, I said uh, he's 48. He's not that old. And and uh, you're almost 48. And and Zulus. Uh, I'm I'm not even 40 yet. All right. Just about. I got time. Like six weeks. Lot more like uh, two months. Okay. That's what they call me. That's my name. I'm Lee Andre Two Months Dixon. <laughs> I love Shonuff though. I love the last dragon. Yeah. Okay. All right. So no arrests have been made in this, but pol- and police have publicly expressed concern that there will be retaliation for the shootings. They're also still piecing together the events. I don't think there were like surveillance cameras there or anything. And they do believe that some of the wounded may have also been involved in the other shootings, obviously, because it, it was probably a shootout. Yeah. Lee Dixon is remembered as being a reliable, loyal friend with a great sense of humor. Quote, he never met a stranger. Longtime friend Jackie Cunningham said, when you saw him, you knew you were going to laugh. Okay. All right. Well, that's it's, it's a shame. It's yeah, a shame. It is. I think I, 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 I do think we have a, a motorcycle gang episode coming up soon. I think that's going to be on the docket. Oh, really? Yeah, because remember, like, I, think I never last... want to touch that. Okay, maybe not. No, no, we can. It's fine. Like I know, last week we were talking about Mudman Simon. Maybe yeah, focus on that a little bit. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Pretty afraid motorcycle guys were like, "Fuck, they're talking about us. We gotta, we gotta go after murder, my dude." Now, yes. Okay, so you might be right. Maybe we're not going to do that. State of Alabama executes Nathaniel Woods despite protests appeals. Nathaniel Woods, forty-three, was pronounced dead at nine o one p.m. Central Time this past Thursday, March fifth. He was executed by lethal injection in connection with charges stemming from a two thousand four shooting of three police officers at a suspected crack house in Birmingham, Alabama. Or as they say down, say down there, Birmingham. Birmingham. Actually, I think they say Birmingham. And we would say Birmingham up here more. Yeah, yeah, I think they do say Birmingham down there. My bad. Woods, they're going to they're gonna write letters. We, we, I don't think we have a big audience in Alabama this time. No. 
We have a big audience in Pennsylvania, Michigan. That's a shame because I really like Alabama doink. Rest in peace. <laughs> we did a whole episode about Alabama, too. Yeah. And still nothing. Get on it, Alabama. Wood's execution was the subject of more protests than most because even by prosecution accounts, he did not pull the trigger on any of those three police officers. Wood's story would likely be enough fodder for an entire episode of Murder, My Dude, but we'll give you the short version here. The short version is that an associate named Kerry Spencer was a trigger man and shot officers Carlos Owen, Harley A. Chisholm III, rather, and Charles R. Bennett while the three were trying to serve Woods with a misdemeanor domestic assault warrant. Spencer, who is also on death row but has no execution date set, has called Woods 100% innocent. Prosecutors painted Woods as someone who hated cops and used himself as bait to lure the three officers into a death trap. Spencer, on the other hand, testified that he acted on instinct, waking from a nap and seeing a gun pointed at him. Quote, all Nathaniel did that day was get beat up and he ran, Spencer told The Appeal, which is a like pro-prisoner's uh, rights advocacy uh, journalism thing. Allegations of police and prosecutor... That's a hard word to say. Allegations of police and prosecutorial misconduct arose as well. Two states' witnesses in Nathaniel's trial signed affidavits saying that they were threatened into cooperating with prosecutors. One of them also claimed that they were threatened with having their child taken away if she didn't testify in a pretrial hearing that Nathaniel hated cops. In 2002, Tyron Cooper, who ran the drug operation in the home, signed an affidavit, affidavit that's another hard word, saying that two of the officers... It's not really. It's not. I just flubbed it. Saying that two of the officers in question were being paid to protect his business, but were also threatening him after he had fallen behind on payments. You're just, you just want to get through this because you're, you're very excited to talk about clowns. No. Okay. Uh, Nathaniel also claimed inadequate representation, noting that his court-appointed attorneys discouraged him from making a plea deal and also told him that the state would have to prove he was the shooter to execute him, which they don't. And Alabama is also the only state left in the United States where when a jury decides if a, if a, a uh, defendant is going to be put to death or not, it doesn't have to be unanimous. They voted tw- 10 to 2 to give him the death penalty. Despite pleas from the likes of Martin Luther King III and Harley Chisholm's sister, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey decided to not order a stay of execution, and the execution went on as planned. Okay. Well, uh, right now, we're going to have to take a little break. Mm -hmm. So while we're doing this break, you can go and wash your hands. Yeah, always wash your hands now. Launder your money. Launder your money. Because, you know, you're going to be exchanging money with people. Yes. You're passing all these germs. I'm not... Oh, you see... That's why I use credit cards mainly. Right. I had the contactless plane. I can use the thing where I just touch my phone, like, tap my phone. Well, I mean, if you have the coronavirus, you shouldn't be out in public. And if you're, like, if you're going to be... Try try to use your credit card. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're going to be ordering food, like, let's just say you you order Domino's. Right. Like, you you don't want to have the coronavirus and then give somebody money you know that person's already working for Domino's. they have it bad enough use your credit card give them a tip that way just have them leave it on your doorstep or whatever and then let them be on their way you, you know? always have to sign the receipt when you pay with your credit card with Domino's. i would be like i have the coronavirus i'm not signing anything yeah sorry <laughs> that would just be my excuse now What's wrong? I have the coronavirus. I can't do it. They can't come to your party. Can't come into work. I have the coronavirus. And it's just you sitting there with a bottle of Corona. 
Well, well there were like certain. I think there was something like. 30. I have the Yingling virus. <laughs> wink, wink. That's the local one here. Yeah. They have. I love their new ba- cans. Their limited edition cans are coming. Let's out not with. put that company over. Oh, okay. unless they're gonna give us a fucking. No, they they have new cans coming out that are just the old school Phillies with like the big maroon, the maroon with the big P. Oh, okay. And baseball in the middle. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's actually really really cool. I was more putting the Phillies over. Gotcha. Uh, not, now I was gonna say if you have to go pee or something, they can go poop at this point, or they could have went and pooped, peed yeah. and pooped during this. Have you heard about the snarkremark dot shop? Well, if you've listened to this podcast before, then of course you have. But let me tell you again. The Snark Remark is an Etsy shop offering buttons, lapel pins, magnets, vinyl decals, and more. The most popular item is the custom lapel pin with your face on it for $9.99. They even have digital protest signs you could download and print yourself in minutes. If you want to protest the 1% or a 1%er group, do that. I just wouldn't suggest doing the latter. Well, who's in charge of such a fine establishment that may get you killed? It's my friend Tate. She's my go-to artist for years. She's reliable, she's easy to work with, and she has a five-star average on Etsy to back it up. At promo code MMD10 for an additional 10% off. The snarkremark.shop. Give snark, get laughs. Don't get killed. I'm sorry, I just went to, to the bathroom real quick. I washed my hands thoroughly. Good. Good. I counted to 20. There's, you're supposed to have a song in your head now that you you, you sing to yourself while you wash your hands. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is it the Corona song? My Corona. Maybe nine Corona. Because you're saying nine Corona. It's the German. Yeah. I think mine's going to be All American Boys, the fabulous Rougeau brothers theme. It's going to be like, from Montreal to Memphis, parlez-vous français? Yeah. So this week on uh, Tornado Tag, uh-huh. which is another podcast we do. Yes. Um,. We, it's a wrestling podcast. We talk wrestling. I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, it's on a different network. It's not on the Project Humanoid uh, network. It's on IWEP network, which mm-hmm. is interviews with everyday people. Um, so we do that show. And this week, I'm going to be talking about the Steiner brothers. Yes. And <clears throat> boy, they do not like the matches that they have with the Quebecers. <laughs> there you go. It's it's so crazy how like some people look back like oh I love the Quebecers oh they're great oh Jacques and and you know uh, Pierre Pierre well because I'm thinking of Carl yeah PCO PCO because he's known now yeah not CPO Pierre Carl Willet um what, was he just Carl at some point I don't think so what was what did he wrestle as he was the first I remember was being Pierre the Quebecer I'm sure he did things before that. He was was he Jean Jean Pierre Lafitte? He Jean, was a wrestling Jean, pirate. Yeah, Jean Pierre Lafitte. He was. I think it was just called Pierre again when they were the amazing French Canadians in WCW. Right. And then they came back and they were Qu- the Quebecers again. And then he was the masked X. They came back as the Quebecers again for a, for a little bit, like the Attitude Era. What like, did they look like? What did they dress? They like? dressed like the amazing French Canadians. They had the same gear. Oh, really? Yeah, that they were in WCW. Yeah, I like that gear. I like that they weren't dressed as the Mounties. We're not the Mounties. And then he was he was very briefly in TNA as the masked X. I remember that. Yeah. And then he was kind of you didn't hear from him a while. I think he just mainly wrestled in Quebec. And then when he came back, he was just called PCO. It's like he had, yeah, yeah there's like some weird resurgence and there was some like people, oh, he's awesome. Because he's like in his mid 50s and he just wrestles like a maniac. Yeah, he's still not very good. 
It's kind of garbage. But uh, yeah, that's the the Steiners are like just fucking hated working with them. So I'll talk more about that and uh, their career, the career of the Steiner brothers from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, I love the Steiner brothers. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So. I'm like doink the clown, just a bunch of clowns, you know. Yeah, well, well, that that's that's one thing that I'm gonna mention is that their debut was kind of like the spotlight should have been on on them coming in like super strong. Like I think that they should have came in because the the thing is is when they came to WWF, they didn't get to wrestle like they did in WCW. Uh-huh. They didn't come because WCW put them over as like they're these they're monsters, man. They're fucking they're gonna take it to you, right? And their main, their first match, their debut match for WWF, Doink the Clown was walking in the fucking uh, crowd behind them. Mm-hmm. It was like, really? Put that on a different, like, put the spotlight on, like, on somebody else. Put these guys over. Right. But they didn't want that because they, Vince wants every team to come in to be a fucking cartoon act. And... If you watch the Steiner matches, they're different than the other matches. Well, yeah, they were still very much that hard hitting. Yeah, they're hard hitting, and WCW like when, when they when they wrestled um, the Samoan SWAT team. Oh fuck, a head shakers <laughs> over at, uh, when they wrestled the Samoan SWAT team in in WCW. That's one thing. They they wrestle them over in WWF. It's different, but it's still close. It's still more hard hitting than mm-hmm. you. If they wrestled like the Nasty Boys, they would have had a hard hitting match. And they would have good matches. They liked working the nasties. Um, there were, you know, there was only one team that I heard them just shit on, and it was the Quebecers. So. They were not the Mounties. No, the Quebecers. No, they were fucking dog. They, they were the drizzling shits. So anyway, uh, speaking of the drizzling shits <laughs> and clowns interrupting, uh, our feature is John Wayne Gacy. Yep, this week we're back to playing the hits. Yeah, we we did some historical stuff. We went a little, a slightly more obscure last week. This is this is the hits again. When we've covered people like Ted Bundy and Ed Gein, Jack the Ripper, we wound up bringing up an idea of sort of like a Mount Rushmore of serial killers. Yeah. And if you're going to rank the most heinous people uh, that we cover by their level of infamy, yeah, John Wayne Gacy is probably going to be near the top of the list. He's the most famous real-life killer clown. The thing is with Mount Rushmore, mm-hmm. I think is we need to just make Ra- Mount Rushmore bigger. Okay. I don't think Four Faces is enough. You need like a top 10 list. Yeah. The most wanted list. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're making a 10 most wanted, like most famous serial killers, John Wayne Gacy's probably on that list somewhere. Of course. Of course. And, and his story is also one that illustrates just how skilled some people can be at wearing that mask and hiding their true evil from the world at large to a point he had his run-ins with the law, but he kind of presented himself, we'll get to it, as something that other than what he really was. It also illustrates a lot how differently things like police work, missing persons reports, and background checks are handled now as opposed to 40-ish years ago when Gacy was doing his thing. Spoiler alert, they do it a lot better now. They're a lot better at their job now. Finally, sadly, it shows how much status matters when it comes to how law enforcement and society in general treat people differently. Gacy, John Wayne Gacy, was born on St. Patrick's Day, 1942, to John Stanley and Marion Gacy. He was their second of three children and their only son. John's father, John Stanley Gacy again, was the son of Polish immigrants, though Poland was part of the German Empire at I'm the time. I'm surprised we didn't do this episode next week. 
Uh, next week, we are going to be covering, I forget the exact name, but we're covering an, a, covering an actual crime in Ireland for the St. Paddy's Day episode. Oh, okay. And uh, John Stanley Gacy worked as an automotive machinist after coming back from World War One. The elder John Gacy initially welcomed the idea of, the son, of a son. He wanted to raise a man in his own image, one who hunted, fished, and was handy with tools, a man's man. What John Stanley He's Gacy... just a man. Such a man. Such a man. Such That's a man. William Regal. Yeah, Steve Regal. Man. Steve Regal. Yeah, he was still Steve Regal at that time. Yeah. What John Stanley Gacy got instead was a son who preferred helping bake cookies in the kitchen to more traditionally masculine activities. A congenital heart condition limited young John's athletic endeavors. Yeah. What's wrong with baking cookies? You know Nothing. what I mean? Nothing's wrong with baking cookies. Yeah. While John Wayne Gacy was close to his two sisters, his relationship with his father was a tormented one. The three Gacy children were beaten regularly with a razor strop. With young John getting the worst of it while early on while he learned to, quote, toughen up and not cry while being whipped. Because there was one of those things where if they cried, they got whipped more for crying. Um, so at this point, he is getting getting beaten so bad that something snaps in him and he doesn't even cry anymore. Right. He learned to, to not show pain because if he showed pain, then he was. It's not even not showing more. pain. He may have just become numb to it. Yeah. Like. I, or maybe maybe that's what it was. Maybe maybe if it was like if I show that I'm weak, he's going to beat me more. Right. So he does that, but guess what? The beatings don't stop. Right. One beating uh, in particular, this one with a broomstick, rendered the younger John unconscious. Yeah. John Stanley Gacy was an alcoholic, and he heaped verbal abuse on his son as well. Now, by the way, this is stuff that, uh, you know, hey, politics, this is stuff that from the right, I, I, I grew up where, I grew up in a family that was very right wing, and, you know, some people believed that it was, you need to, you need to hit your kids. It's hard to break it when you, when you grow up like that, mm -hmm. because your first thing is somebody's being loud and annoying uh, to, to, to spank them, to, you know. To, right. to give them all a, a good wallop to waffle them mm -hmm. um and then the other w words <laughs> to uh wayne gacy them that's don't don't do don't, that don't do that that's a little um, too far. all it does is i mean look i mean look at this now now again okay it doesn't mean that everybody that got beat is going to go become john wayne gacy right we we understand that i think it ups your chances oh yeah yeah I mean, children of abuse are more likely to become abusers themselves. It's it's, it's John Wayne it's, Gacy. He had there's there. issues. We're going to get into it. I think that if if his issues were addressed and if things were a little bit more socially acceptable at that point, mm -hmm. things wouldn't have escalated and would have gotten to this point. Right now, again, I know that that it should be on the uh, what is it? The onus. The onus is, is on is on him, and absolutely. But there are other societal pressures and other things that that come into play here, and I think it's I think it's like a culmination of everything. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and um, it's a shame. It's a shame that that things are because if you look at if you look oh fucking snowflake, look at the people that call people snowflakes, and I don't mean me going and calling somebody that's complaining on the right about something a snowflake because I'm doing it just right back to them. Right. Showing like, do you understand how fucked up you are? Mm -hmm. Like when you're when you're saying shit like that, like don't cry, toughen up. Like it's because that guy's dad probably did it to him, right? And his dad probably did it to him. And mm -hmm. it's we know it's fucked up. We know it's messed up. This is why a lot of these people go and they drink. 
mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, like I think some of them, I think some of them feel bad for it, but don't know how to come out and fucking be loving. I tell my kids I love them all the time. I don't give a fuck. You know, I'll give my kids hugs and kisses. My fucking, I don't, I don't want to throw my son under the bus, but he's 12 years old. He still calls me daddy. still gives me hugs and kisses. And to some people, when they're like, oh, that's fucking weird. You're, you know, like that kid's a fucking freak. Not saying that they're calling him a freak because if somebody did, I would fucking punch him in the face. Um, that's where I'm different than you and a lot of other people on the left where, you know, you, you fucking say something about my family. You're going to get that South Philly out of me. Right. I'm, you know, I, I grew up with that whole like talk shit, get hit fucking mentality. But I think it's a little different when it comes to your kid. I don't think you should be fucking beating your kid. Cause I think that when they're young, it's going to change them. Yeah. You're, you're still forming like how to relate to the world. And, and if you're, you're teaching them the only way to solve a problem is through violence. Violence. Right. But now with that said, if you're an adult, your your fucking lessons should have already been learned. Don't attack a kid, and fuck you. Don't don't be a piece of shit to kids. If there's a fucking kid who's who's like nine, ten years old, and he fucking thinks he's gay, or he thinks he's you know he's he's in the wrong body, or she thinks she's in the wrong body, or they think they're in the they, wrong they body. think they're in the wrong body. Sure, uh, you know, it's not up to you to fucking to tell them that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. you know and 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 then lay your hands on them because you can't control your fucking anger issues i think one of the really interesting cases in that specifically about like gender identity sorry i'm cursing a lot here i think one of the really interesting parts of that recently was Dwayne wade he was a basketball player for the miami heat just retired yeah and he has a trans daughter now he has a daughter that was born a boy and identifies as a girl and always has felt more in tune as being a girl and he even he's even said like he supports her uh he's married to the actress gabrielle union she supports her yeah the mother the mother was like blaming on gabrielle union like say because the mother is very like religious Mm -hmm. like god doesn't make mistakes like that type of of fucking doofus right uh, but but Dwayne Wade has said like yeah it, it, it's because of the way he was brought up it's, it's like it's it's a transition to me it's not not using it in that like term but it's a process for me to kind of make make okay, make do with this absolutely and he's like that's okay I'm, I'm you know I'm learning I like it's like she knows who she is I'm the one that needs to fix myself right, right. we don't get this to, to say to somebody else like I don't like your tattoos right your tattoos are wrong mm-hmm. or you know unless it's a really bad neck tattoo. Cody Rhodes, what the hell were you doing? <laughs> um, what were you thinking? Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Cody. What were you thinking? Um, but yeah, it's it's not it's not your fucking place to tell somebody that they're wrong or that they're fucking crazy. Um, I don't know. I you, you'll you'll see. It's like oh, this is you know something coming from the left. Uh, th- like it's it's left. Um, you know, doctors, left wing doctors mm-hmm. that are pushing their agenda. I don't know what agenda they're pushing. Right. I just think that they, they feel that it's not like something like schizophrenia or, you know, something like that, where yeah. somebody feels that they're, that they're, um, a, uh, a male, if, you know, if they're born a female or vice versa, it's, it's what it is, but it's not your problem. 
You know, you don't have to deal with with that. They they have to deal with trying to figure out who they are, and then and then they have to deal with assholes, you know, giving them shit for it, and then they get bullied and pressured into fucking wanting to kill themselves, right? You know. And if you're going back to when John Wayne Gacy was a kid, this is like the 40s and into the 50s. Nobody was that progressive. Even your liberalist of liberals were going to say it's okay to be gay. Even yeah, like it was just. You didn't even think that unless you were gay. And even then, you were doing it behind closed doors. Uh, so that that's the world John Wayne Gacy's born into. and So you could see already how much pressure's on this dude. Yeah, and then, and then John Stanley Gacy was an alcoholic. I'm not, by the way, mm-hmm. not trying to fucking make anybody go, oh, well, I feel bad for John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. But, but... You're understanding how the monster is made a little you bit. You should feel bad for young John Wayne Gacy mm-hmm. for what he had to go through. Do I feel bad that his dad was a drunk and would beat him? Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. And the and the aver- abuse was also verbal. He'd frequently have his son help with small tasks around the house, painting, things like that. If the boy would make a mistake, he'd be called dumb or stupid. He was told he was worthless. He would never amount to anything. Uh, when Marion Gacy, John Wayne Gacy's mother, would stick up for her son, she'd get the same treatment. Uh, John Stanley would call them both stupid for thinking they could could conspire against him. He would say that John Wayne Gacy was a mama's boy and would probably grow up queer. Yeah. yeah these are the things that this is what he would deal with when he was a kid. Right. Uh, and John Wayne Gacy did indeed exhibit behaviors outside of traditional sexual norms at the time. Somewhere around the time he was six or seven, his m- mother realized that all of her underwear was missing. They found it in a brown paper bag hidden in a sandbox built for young John. That earned him another date with a razor strop. Years later, while what making, is a razor strop? It's a piece of leather, like a strap, but it's called a strop that you would use to like sharpen and find the point of edge of a razor. Oh, okay, okay. Have I you just, ever I, seen a thing like in barbershops where they would like yes. run the razor along piece of that, I know, that piece of leather is okay, called a strop? I know what a leather or a razor strop is. Didn't know until that. Like I know what the thing is. I never knew the right. name of it. It's weird that they call it a strop and not a strap. Probably came from stra- strap. Somebody just said it wrong or something or wrote it wrong at some point. And yeah, like, ah, we'll just run with it. Yeah. We're not going to admit a mistake. We're going to say strop. Yeah. To strop comes from the German strap. <laughs> <laughs> Years later, while making her older brother's bed, John's sister Karen found a pair of panties among the bedclothes. And I guess she asked her mother about it and her mother didn't want to get her in trouble. She's like, oh, yeah, John does that sometimes. And John Wayne Gacy was a sickly child, too. His heart condition was compounded by issues with seizures. He had a bout of appendicitis when he was a kid. And his father would ridicule him and beat him, sometimes without any obvious provocation. They say he would just get angry at him for no reason. Like, and go this after dude him. having seizures, obviously there's some kind of brain issue here. He has heart issues, mm-hmm. which, if you have heart issues, it can cut off oxygen to your brain. Yeah. He's gotten beaten a lot. I wonder what kind of brain, like, like, okay. Yeah, you don't know. And, and because he missed so much time in school, he was so sickly, his grades declined, largely because he just wasn't in school a lot. And his father accused him of faking being sick for sympathy when that happened. I mean, this this is typical right-wing shit. Right, and this is textbook this, this how is to... This today. And this is textbook how to make a monster, too. Like, this is a tragic origin story for a supervillain. If I had to put a color hat on the type of person his father is, it's 100% red right. with white letters. Okay, yeah. But he's going to make things great again. Uh, where the boy did excel, however, where John Wayne Gacy did excel, was fitting into the system. While he was occasionally bullied at school, although it was nothing compared to the treatment he got at home, 
he did find his place assisting with truant officers. And by the time he was now, eight- this this real let me cut you off. This uh-huh. is the part where you go, yeah, see, but this, I mean, his father only did this, but look what he did because he's a. Right. And then go ahead. Uh, by the time he was eighteen in nineteen sixty, John Wayne Gacy became an assistant precinct captain for the local Democratic Party. Oh, there we go. See, he's a Democrat. See, mm-hmm. he's a Democrat who's a. I mean. You know, <laughs> well, this is also pre Barry Goldwater, so the lines aren't as aren't exactly what they are now. Well, they also people will also talk about. Well, the KKK was started by Democrats. Like you fucking you doofus, you dumb motherfucker. You do you not understand that the parties fucking flipped? Do you understand that a Democrat, not even just flipped, but but a Democrat in the fucking eighteen hundreds. And a, Repu- and a Republican in the 1800s are not the fucking same as they are today. A fuck like like you just said, uh, like Goldwater fucking right. That was like Goldwater ran for president, I believe, in 1964. So the Democrats then are not the same as Democrats. Guess what? Democrats are different. It's the same fucking company, uh, party that I was gonna say company of people, mm-hmm. uh, but it's 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 not. It's not the same company of people. It's a different, completely. Mm-hmm. They were taken over by somebody else, and it became more progressive. Right. Teddy Roosevelt, one of the more progressive presidents we ever had, was a Republican. Right. And Andrew Jackson, one of the craziest presidents we ever had, was a Democrat. So, yeah, yeah, the the things have meant different things throughout the years. And, And there are certain, like, sea change points where... They become different things, and so yeah. And, and and Bernie Bernie Sanders is is not a registered Democrat. He should absolutely fucking take over the you know the the Demo- Democratic Party. And well, that's not working out so well. For no, me. I'm saying that they should. I, well, I don't know. Have you seen all this crazy shit with Joe Biden lately? Have you seen how many primaries is won tonight? I oh tonight. Yeah. Oh really? Uh huh. Nah, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it's pretty much done. Yeah, well, his fucking his followers are are dumb. They're dumb. I, I look, I, I'm I'm re- I'm a registered Democrat, but I am more left than a lot of these centrist Democrats. Obviously, they're centrist Democrats. <laughs> I, I'm not one of those. I'm way left to them. And so, and here where we're talking about with Gacy, it's 1960. He's so, way right too. So, so this is JFK era Democrat. Like this is JFK, Lyndon Johnson. That so era. different. Yeah. And black and and even back then it was like civil rights was a thing. Oh, it depends on who he's behind. Like, because there are plenty of Democrats back then who weren't for civil rights. Uh, George Wallace was a Democrat for a while. But but the thing is, <laughs> is that like his craziness has nothing to do with his party affiliation. Right. Uh, it and had then, to do with his his dad ideology. His mm-hmm. dad's ideology beating shit into him. Uh, you know that that fucking the way he he his his childhood was was molded. Uh absolutely fucking plays into it you know mm-hmm. so if you're for beating your fucking kids you're a piece of shit and when john wayne gacy was 20 an argument with his father led to him just driving off and leaving the family behind his parents didn't hear anything from him for about three months and marion gacy convinced her husband to hire an investigator but they later found that john had uh gone away and where he had gone because a bill was sent to the family home in chicago from a hospital in las vegas <laughs> okay for for john wayne gacy uh, like a hospital treatment when Marion Gacy called the hospital she learned that her son was there but that he was working off his medical debt by taking a job in the mortuary yeah and there's apparently a story where the last night he worked there or the night before he worked there 
he may have gotten sexually aroused by fondling the corpse of a teenage boy. So what I one thing that I watched was that he may have uh, laid in the casket with a, like the corpse so of like the slab, fifteen year old boy. Okay. Like no, not a slab. Like in like, like a in casket? a casket. Okay. With a, like laid in there with a, like a, a dead fucking fifteen year old boy. Hmm. Um. And maybe maybe it was a slab. Maybe it wasn't a casket. I think that somebody yeah, just whatever it may have been. Like yeah. he laid with a dead body, most likely. Right. And and John would come home about a year and a half later. He stayed out in Vegas for a while. He mainly kept to himself. They said like his sisters said he was a different person. Well, the thing I saw was his younger sister, Karen, because his older sister died in, I believe, 2007. Yeah. But his younger sister, Karen, said when he came home from Vegas, he really kind of kept to himself. And even though he never graduated high school, he enrolled in Northwestern Business College, and he started working for a shoe company as a management trainee. He And he wound up getting friendly with and later engaged to a woman named Marlon Myers, who was one of his co-workers there. While he was in college at Northwestern, he got involved with the JCs, which was a group working with the U.S. Junior Chamber of Commerce, and this group would help provide young people with leadership training and basically a way to network with other people who are interested in getting involved in business and things like that. During this time, John, after drinking heavily, experimented with oral sex with another man who was a colleague in the JCs. Throughout his life, John Wayne Gacy adamantly denied being gay. We kind of brought that up a little bit earlier, or maybe it was off. off it was off. Before. It was off the air. Okay. Yeah. He denied being gay. He described himself as bisexual. And he also expressed a belief that receiving oral sex from another man was not a gay act. It was just a form of masturbation. Yeah, it's a gay act. Uh, because because he's put in his head, it's put in his head through religion and through just teaching for your parents because of religion that that gay is wrong. Yeah, I believe he was Catholic. I believe and, he was Catholic. And you're too, told so you're told that it's wrong. You're also told as a Catholic that masturbation is wrong right. too. But but yeah, but and you're, murder and a bunch of other things. That but he you're but but when we're talking specifically about sexual right. acts, um, you're told that it's that that it's wrong and that it's a sin and that you're going to go to hell. And you're just a bad person for doing that. And that is all nonsense. Uh, if, if you're fucking gay, be gay. Be proud of who you are. Don't fucking see. The thing is, is people are worried about alienating their family, but they're not worth it. If you're, you're I'm sorry, but if your mother is against you being gay, your mom's a piece of shit. She's rubbish. Total rubbage. Total rubbage. And somebody's going to say, does he mean rubbage? No. Rubbish? Listen to the last no. episode, damn it. Listen to the last episode. I mean rubbage. Your mother is rubbage. Your father, if he doesn't support you, is rubbage. Your friends, rubbage. Don't worry about what they have to say because you don't agree with their things. I, you know, their their perspectives, obviously. You know, just surround yourself with people that are, that are going to support you. Find your tribe. Seriously. Absolutely. 100%. Find your tribe. There you go. I like that. It's very short, it's fucking sweet, it's to the point. Find your tribe. All right, let's get back to John and Marilyn. Marlin. Like Mar- More like Marlin Market. M A R L Y N N. Like we live near a place called Marlin. M A R L I N. It's like M A R dash. It's the same name spelled differently. Yes, it is. It's like uh like I know a last name, Riley. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I know that name from, uh, but there's R I L E Y, which is uh, a, a better way than the R E I L L Y. Mm-hmm. Crazy way of spelling it, but okay. So it's Marlin, like Brian. Sorry. If you're good, you spell it with an I. If you're not, you spell it with a Y. It's very similar. Yeah. John and Marlin married in 1964, and Marlin became pregnant in February of 1966. At that point, the couple moved to Waterloo, Iowa. Oh, home uh, of great, Dan Gable. Home of the great Dan Gable. Nice. Uh, after Marlin's father, Fred Myers, not Fred Meyer, the supermarket, but Fred Myers. Dan Gable. 
Waterloo, Iowa. <laughs> Fucking that chic thing. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Marlon became pregnant in February of 1966. The couple moved to Waterloo, Iowa after Marlon's father, Fred Myers, offered John a job managing three KFC restaurants that he owned in the area. And at this point in the 60s, like McDonald's is starting to early in the mid 60s, McDonald's is starting to build their name and everything. Yeah. But KFC is like the biggest fast food restaurant out there. Yeah. Just because they spread quickly and then McDonald's like caught up to them later. And this was a sweetheart deal. In addition to a $15,000 a year salary, which would be a little over $115,000 today. Nice money. Yeah. Uh, Fred provided the newlyweds a home and he offered John 20% of the profits from the three stores. Okay. So he was setting the family up. He was just basically yeah. like, I'm going to give you a sweetheart deal. And John became renowned for his work ethic. He put the time in too. He put in 10 to 14 hour days regularly. On top of that, he did a lot of volunteer work. He got involved with the Waterloo chapter of the JCs. Yeah, they they say that he was a really nice dude. Like a lot of people, he put that, that mask on. He knew how to put that mask. But was on. it that mask, or was it who he was? He also just happened to be John Wayne Gacy, right? Or they got got to see the sun and not the moon. Is like Kevin Smith said that about Bruce Willis. Like, because he had that bad experience uh, directing Bruce Willis and Cop Right, Out. right. And then he interviewed Ryan Johnson, who wound up being the guy who directed The Last Jedi. But mm. Ryan Johnson directed Bruce Willis in Looper. He's like, I love Bruce. It was a pleasure working with him. He was like, and Kevin Smith was like, oh, you got the sun. I got the moon. Yeah. Because I guess, like, some people have great stories about working with Bruce Willis, and some people thought it was miserable. I... Dude, I deal with that all the time. Somebody like, oh, my God, I love so-and-so. And I'm like, that dude's a piece of shit. How do you love him? Mm-hmm. Because... It's perspective. It's just what you're, what you think is okay. It's lines. What you think is crossing the line with with some things. What you think, you know, it, it it's all about perspective. I think. And so people just have a better experience with, especially when you're like around somebody not all the time like that. It thinks to like just get a different experience too. Yeah, yeah. And, and the uh, the JCs in in Waterloo actually nicknamed John Wayne Gacy Colonel because you'd always give them free chicken. Oh, that's funny. So they called him the Colonel. And John and Marlon had two children. They had a son, Michael, and a daughter, Christine. And that was all within their first two years in Waterloo. And even John Stanley Gacy seemed to approve of what his son had done. He was finally kind of seemingly proud of him. Yeah. He finally, for the first time in his life, yeah. He, he was getting approval. But all was not well. The Jaycees had an underbelly where their members traded trost- prostitutes, drugs, some cases even wives. They would wife swap a little bit. Gacy, now in his late 20s, opened a club of sorts in his basement and would invite teenage boys, some of whom worked in his KFC franchises, over to drink. In the summer of 1967, Gacy saw Donald Voorhees, the son of one of his JC colleagues, walking along a local highway and offered the teenager a ride. According to Donald's account of the story, Gacy invited them back to his home to watch porn. Marlon and the kids were out of town that day, and Gacy had the house to himself, and Donald remembers Gacy asking him personal questions, saying things like, Good-looking kid like you, I bet you're fucking some broad regular. Gacy got Donald drunk and convinced him to perform oral sex on him. Other teenage boys would follow. Some of them were fooled by Gacy's story that he was conducting homosexual experiments and that the boys would be paid $50 for their efforts. Yeah, because I think that, like, right before, I guess, he starts having sex with them, it was kind of like he was playing like a big brother like he was a cool older brother right he, in some cases they were like people that worked for him so he was their boss he was like trying to be the cool boss he was letting yeah. them drink he was letting them watch porno and he was all kind of like he was letting them, them watch porno that just sounds so weird i would just say porn porn yeah fine porn porno porn i would say a porn porno flick no i would still i would probably say porn just i think because we're in that 1960s mindset and like i just said some broad fucking them regular like i just some watching that watching that porno and he's smoking the marijuana smoking a marijuana cigarette 
He's smoking the reefer. What do they call that? Reefer. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that thing was. Yeah, go ahead. Because I think John Wayne Gacy would say porno. Maybe, yeah, maybe. And and back then, and, maybe and, he and, would. And it's so hard to kind of divorce yourself because now you can you can stumble on porn by accident. Yeah. And. Or if this is the early two thousands, prawn. Prawn. Yeah, he can stumble on prawn on accident. Isn't that what they say now? On accident. They say on accident instead of by accident. Yeah. yeah. Little millennial fucks. So- <laughs> But back then, like, porn was harder to come by, especially in the 60s. I can't imagine. That's what she said? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, It depends on how good the porn is, I guess. Mm. So, in 1968, Donald Voorhees confessed to his father about the incident, and the family went to the police. Gacy was eventually charged with sodomy. Before the trial, Gacy paid one of his other KFC employees, an 18-year-old named Russell Schroeder, to assault Donald. Donald escaped and identified Schroeder with authorities, and the attack piled additional charges on Gacy's case, and more teenage boys came forward. In late 1968, John Wayne Gacy was convicted of sodomy and sentenced to 10 years in prison. Mm. The same day... What? Huh? What? Why are you going... Mm. Oh, I'm still thinking about KFC. Oh, okay, good. Sodomy, not one of the 12 herbs and spices. What about cake? I don't think so. They they sell cake at KFC, don't they? You get like a dessert. I know they do donuts now. Do you, so you remember the Marilyn Manson song? Cake and Sodomy, yes. Cake and Sodomy. When I was younger, I used to go to ECW shows, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the wrestlers came out to Cake and Sodomy. I think maybe one of the Rotten. Axel Rotten or somebody like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like so, Ian yeah. or Axel. Uh, they would come, whoever it was would come out to Cake and Sodomy. And I loved the song, but I thought he was saying Cake Inside of Me. <laughs> That's why you liked it, didn't you? And I'm like... Time for cake inside of me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like, he re- this dude really likes cake. Well, they, they were, the Rons were larger guys at that time. Yeah. So yeah. it made sense. Like, like fuck, it's cake time, dude. Time for cake, cake inside, inside of me. Oh. Yeah. I, I can see it. Yeah. That's what I thought he was singing. Yeah. So. That same day that the John Wayne Gacy was convicted to, to, or sentenced to 10 years in prison, mm. Marlon, his wife, filed for divorce. Yeah. She was granted sole possession of the family property. Yeah. Obviously, John was not welcome back at his father-in-law's KFCs. And Marlon also got complete custody of the children. John Wayne Gacy would never see any of them again. Well, so that that was the, that joke about the uh, cake and sodomy and the, the KFC, me going, mm, I was thinking, it's a little bit better than the other one that I had when you said he got, uh, the dude uh, assaulted him. Yeah. I was going to ask about the other uh, 12 or 11 herbs and spices. I don't think salt is one of them. Yeah. I think salt's just a, just a given. Uh, like, everything yeah. gets salt put on it in the restaurant. Man. Even, like, the drinks. MSG. MSG, they say, is definitely one of the, tw- they think, one of the 12 herbs and spices. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. There's a bunch of other ones, too. Yeah. They think they know what they are. It's just, like, apparently there's a proprietary fryer the KFC uses that makes their chicken distinct. Like, people know what's in it. They just can't really get a full replication of it. That's crazy, right? Yeah, because there was this thing. There was this show. I think it was like country music television. Don't you? You, you would figure. Like you would figure. There's a like million people that work for fucking KFC. Right. That somebody would try, would would pay attention to what it is and be like, dude, this is how it's done. Well, they 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 have, but the fryers they use at KFC. That company makes those fryers just for KFC. You can't get one. Like you can't just buy one from them. Dude, there are KFCs that shut down. I guess they do sell their shit, don't they? No, what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. is 
like there are abandoned KFCs. It would be hilarious <laughs> if you went into one of those abandoned KFCs and somebody like like KFC just were like, nope, we're not leaving that. We'll leave we'll leave cash registers. Yeah. We'll leave everything else. Mm-hmm. We're not leaving the fryer behind. Yeah. It's some kind of like pressure cooker. It's not even a full fryer. It's like a fryer slash pressure. Because you figure if somebody can fucking cooker. figure out that fryer mm-hmm. or like get their hands on that, they can like back um reverse engineering. Yeah, reverse engineering. I was thinking back orifice. Uh because I'm a fucking computer nerd from like <laughs> 30 fucking 20 years ago. Um yeah, they could reverse engineer it and like, all right, this is how this fucking shit works. Because if you, you it's like 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 uh people that are like food scientists like food scientists mm-hmm. um they they can figure out what's in food right they're, they're like oh it's this 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 and this. you know i'm sure if you give a fucking piece of kfc chicken to one of them they're gonna be like yeah this definitely has msg in it right. because we this is like a food chemist right uh because that's what they do they break down shit like that they're able to tell you what's in something but like, these people are never going to be able to break down the real secret ingredient of KFC. What? Why? Why is that? Because you can't replicate it. Why? Because it's special. You can't replicate what makes KFC special. I disagree. Do you even know what makes KFC special? What is it? Love. You can't replicate love? Not like KFC. Do they have like a patent on love? <laughs> that That special KFC love? Yeah. Okay. Actually, no, Popeyes has love too. I love Popeyes. Fuck Popeyes. <laughs> They're fucking so overrated. Fuck so, that shit. So anyway, while incarcerated, because uh, while we're talking about it's Popeyes. Fucking trash. And, while we're talking about Popeyes and KFC, John Wayne Gacy's in, in jail for sodomy. Yeah, and cake. <laughs> and while he's there, he is seen as a model prisoner. While sex offenders, especially men who prey on minors, are generally given a really hard time in prison, especially if you're a guy who's dealing with minor boys. He was actually able to convince inmates that he had been convicted of showing pornogra- uh, porn- pornography. I had trouble with that word. Uh, to teenage boys. So basically, he was arrested for sodomy, convicted of sodomy. He t- he convinced everybody in jail that he was arrested for, for showing kids porn. Right. And he also found a home in the prison kitchen, speaking of cake, and he rose to the role of first cook. Well, he did like baking cookies. Yeah, yeah. Kid, so. So, yeah, that was a thing. He was really into that. So it's time for cookies and sodomy. Yes. And he even grew the ranks of the prison chapter of the Jaycees. Gacy even managed to finish his high school diploma while he was behind bars. Gacy to Jaycees. Gacy to Jaycee. That's what they called him. On Christmas Day 1969, John Stanley Gacy, the senior John Gacy, died of cirrhosis of the liver. Yeah, he just, uh, he's like, fuck it, I can't take my son anymore, getting arrested. And, and a lot of people think John Wayne Gacy blamed himself. Like, it, it, he, he blamed himself because he thought the, the shame his father had helped helped uh, kind of accelerate his demise and when given the news two days later john wayne gacy is said to have collapsed on the floor in prison in tears and while the elder john gacy's death was almost certainly due to his lifelong alcoholism uh john wayne gacy most likely did blame himself see this completely. is the thing that like look he actually cares he he has like this dude like this dude's partially responsible for the person that john wayne gacy became mm-hmm. um but John Wayne Gacy actually does like because they say a lot of these people are numb and they they don't care about anything. Obviously, he does. Why would he break down crying in prison? Right. Yeah. You know. And and compounding that hurt was the fact that the prison board in Iowa denied Gacy's request to attend the funeral. He said, "You can't leave." 
John Wayne Gacy was paroled after serving just 18 months of his 10-year sentence. So it was about, like, maybe five, six months after his father died, Gacy got paroled. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? Yeah. Like, why can't they just send this dude handcuffed and with, with a bunch of guards? Yeah, you would think. You know? Like, you're letting him, he gets out in fucking six months anyway? Five right. months? Like kind of ridiculous but it is what it is and once he was released he moved back with his mother he got a job in the kitchen of a chicago restaurant and in 1971 gacy's mother helped him buy a house in the suburbs of chicago at 80, 8213 west summerdale avenue in the in norwood park township which is just outside of chicago it's all right so again that's 8213 <laughs> west summerdale avenue norwood park township illinois yeah I, I think they may have changed the address and maybe the name of the street after what happened there. I don't know if this place still exists. Really? As it was. Have you have you looked it up? I haven't. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. That February, February of nineteen seventy one, Gacy was arrested for disorderly conduct after a teenage boy accused him of picking him up and attempting to force him to have sex. That charge was dropped when the boy didn't show up for court. A nineteen seventy two charge followed for battery after Gacy lured another teenage boy into his car by flashing a sheriff's badge. That time, the uh, the charges were dropped because the second one, in that case, tried to blackmail John Wayne Gacy before the trial, so they just dropped the charges. Can I move forward now, or you still need the address? No, you're good. As you're Googling. Gacy did a great job of hiding his crimes, though. Aside from family, no one really knew about his prison sentence in Iowa, his criminal record there was sealed after he completed his probation in 1970. He remarried, this time to a woman named Carol Hoff, who had been around the family for a while. It was once actually really good friends with John Wayne Gacy's younger sister, Karen. Gacy's life began to achieve a degree of normalcy again, even success. He started a company called PDM Contractors in 1975, and the name stood for Painting, Decoration, and Maintenance. That was what PDM stood for. Sure, there was no chicken involved in that. No. Yeah, I would love uh, like PD PDC. Pretty darn meaty. It's yeah. a chicken place. All right, I like it. And Gacy come down and get some pretty darn meaty chicken. There you go. And then Gacy tried to get back into politics too. He volunteered to clean the offices for the local Democratic Party. He rose to being a precinct captain. He even met First Lady Rosalind Carter when she came to the area for the annual Polish Constitution Day parade. There's actually a picture of him. Oh, really? It's a picture of him and Jimmy Carter's wife, Rosalind Carter. And he has this little pin on his jacket, and it's like, yeah, that's the pin that shows he was cleared by the Secret Service and he's okay to be around her. A guy that was in prison. Yeah, a guy that was in prison for sodomy, for sodomizing a 15-year-old boy. Is somehow cleared by the Secret Service. Because I guess that record was sealed. And also, again, like we've said at the very top of this, they didn't check on shit as well as they do now. And this was also around the time, this is what John Wayne Gacy is probably most famous for. This was around the time that Gacy began doing a little side job, a little hobby, performing at children's parties as Pogo the Clown. So he would, like, put on the face paint, put on the, the clown wig, the clown suit, and all that, and clown around for kids, too. Yeah, now, I don't know what the what the house would look like at 80, uh, 8213, mm -hmm. because when I try to look it up, I get an address for 8215. Um... But I'm not getting anything for 8213. So. Right. So I, probably they just demolish that house and never build Either it it's again. not there or they just don't ha let have it that, show up. Yeah. Or they just don't use that that number anymore. It's like buildings that don't have a 13th floor. Right. Yeah. 
like his first period of success, there was a dark underbelly to what seemed like a great life. By the way, that uh, that's here too. Uh, so not to give our, I'm not giving uh, the address away here, mm-hmm. but on this street, if you start to look at the numbers, you're like, that doesn't make sense. Right. Even going up the street, there's like missing numbers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like there'll be a house and then a breakaway and then a house. And it's like that break isn't it big enough to have another house. So where did that? Why is it a different number? It's so weird. Right. And then there's half ones, too, because I guess they added houses after the numbers were set. Yeah. So there's like whatever, whatever and a half. So dumb. Yeah. And so, again, there's this dark underbelly to what seems like a great life. Like he's got his life back together. He has his own companies meeting the first lady, <laughs> even though he was in jail. So there's still some kind of darkness behind this again. Carol began to suspect that her husband was leading a double life. John would be out all hours of the night. She would find wallets and IDs that belonged to young men, and she found gay porn around the house. And, now, and, and another thing is, when we had mentioned earlier about how when he came back from, what did he, he came back from something early, earlier. Iowa. That they said he was different. Oh, Vegas. He came back from Oh, when Vegas, he came back yeah. from Vegas, they said, well, the same thing at this point where he becomes uh, Pogo, they said that, like, she noticed, like, he was just not the same anymore. Right. So something just keeps changing him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's starting to warp and get darker. And yeah, darker and darker. It's getting harder and harder to main up, maintain this this other normal John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. And, and that just is going to accelerate when the couple divorces in 1976. But unbeknownst to Carol at the time, Gacy's dark side had already gone to the farthest reach. And they had done, had, had done so before they even got married. John Wayne Gacy had already killed three young men by the time that they got divorced in 76. His first known victim was Timothy Jack McCoy, who was murdered... In January of 1972, he's also the only victim Gacy ever stabbed. Okay. Timothy was killed in Gacy's bedroom after Gacy had picked him up from a Greyhound bus station. He wasn't positively identified until 1986. They finally matched dental records, and they found, like, a blood stain in the bedroom, and that's how they knew it was him. The second victim is unknown to this day. We don't know what his name was. And he was killed sometime between 1972 and July of 1975. And the third victim was an 18-year-old named John Butkovich. And he was a former employee of PDM Contractors who is said, is said to have gone to Gacy's home to demand back pay that was owed to him. Butkovich's parents called on police to investigate Gacy for the crime, but their request fell on deaf ears. Because they knew, like, where did he go before he disappeared? He went to this guy's house to go get his back pay. Yeah. But police didn't want to do it. Like, this is an upstanding member of the community, a businessman. He didn't do it. A week before murdering John Butkovich, Gacy had invited another of his employees over. It was an eight, a 16-year-old high school wrestler named Tony Antonucci, which just sounds like a wrestler. Sounds like a, like a prov- <laughs> And coming to the ring, weighing at 182 pounds, Tony Barefoot Antonucci. Antonucci. Yeah, he could have teamed like Dino Bravo or Gino Brito. Or, or fucking uh, Antonino Rocca. Yeah, Antonino Rocca and Tony, and Tony Barefoot Antonucci. Yep. <laughs> uh, so he invites Tony Antonucci over to his home. And most of Gacy's workforce, just to be clear, at PDM, were teenage boys. Yeah. He almost exclusively employed teenage boys, which he would explain like to family and everything, like his sisters, even like, why don't you just hire some older people? <laughs> and he said like he couldn't afford to. Like they were more experienced, needed more money. I can only afford to hire these kids that, you know, they're able bodied, but they don't have the experience, so I can hire them for cheap. Yeah. So yeah, he he can manipulate them younger and control mm-hmm. them and and then yeah, they were just uh, expendable to him. Yeah. Okay. 
well, even when he get he got caught, he was like, nobody even cared about these kids anyway. What, what what's the big deal? Was essentially what he said. Like not in those words, but that was his that was his whole yeah thing. Like he thought of them as just disposable. After getting Antonucci drunk, the two wrestled around a bit. Gacy goading his young employee by bringing up his wrestling background. He was like, "Hey, come on, wrestler guy, let's go!" Like basically one of those things. Yeah. And eventually, Gacy tried to handcuff Antonucci, but he only got one hand loosely cuffed. Before- so w- one thing that I read is that he he was able to handcuff him because he wanted to show. Uh, dude, that's that's later. The, like a trick or something oh okay we'll get into that okay this is this is like this specific story where he tried to handcuff antonucci but antonucci fought free and like it was able to like get his hand out of the cuff because it wasn't cuff tight he like ripped the skin off his knuckles and stuff but he got the handcuff off okay and then gacy ran out of the room when gacy came back antonucci actually hit his hand behind his back just to make maybe gacy would think he was still cuffed somehow because i guess it all happened really quick and when Gacy returned, Antonucci took him down with a double leg takedown, like a traditional wrestling move. Nice. And he handcuffed John Wayne Gacy. But Gacy managed to convince Antonucci that this was just a test. Like, he was just testing him to see how he would react to, like, a pressure situation or something like that. And that he, pra- and then he praised Antonucci for not only being the first to get out of the handcuffs, but also for handcuffing John Wayne Gacy himself. And Tony Antonucci is a drunk 60-year-old. He believes him. Not only did he not call the police... He kept working for PDM contractors. What? Yeah, he, he thought he was always oh, being tested. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so and again, this is around the time that Gacy's marriage is kind of crumbling and that his wife is moving out. And, the, and his wife had two daughters, too. So we're, his wife and his stepchildren are, mar- are moving out. So that's early 1976 that happens. And that means Gacy's killing spree is about to intensify. Once he had his house to himself, Gacy embarked on what he called his cruising years which was between 1976 and 1978, and 30 teenage boys and young men, some as young as 14, were murdered by John Wayne Gacy in those two years. They said there were some circumstances where he killed like more than one person on a night. All awful. I don't feel the, like, this dude's a monster like I do when, when I heard those, but, but, like we said earlier, it's probably because I heard the recordings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this dude could kill. You'd be like, John Wayne Gacy killed 17,000 people. He's fucking Pol Pot. Right. Uh, and I'm probably going to be like, yeah, he's a monster, but not as bad. As, you know what I mean? Not like, as bad as the toolbox killers. Just. Uh, it was, it's all fucked up. It's all fucked. It's you all. You think the gender has anything to do with it? The fact that the other ones targeted girls. No, no, no. I think it had to do with the fact that I, um, you know what? Maybe, maybe it was, maybe it's because it was like girls are, are more vulnerable and not as strong. Maybe I'm, I'm putting like, I'm like, oh, women are weaker. You know, maybe it's something to do with that. And like, I think that you're kind of, it's, I, I, yeah, maybe, maybe it has something to do with the way I'm conditioned to always think like, we need to protect girls. What about the boys? Right. You know, John Wayne Gacy didn't kill 30 fucking girls. That's true. Kill 30 boys. So mm-hmm. what about the boys? Ted Bundy killed 30 girls. Right. We've got to watch all of them. Yeah. We've got to be helicopter parents for all of our fucking <laughs> kids. No, but maybe, maybe that's why. But, but I, I think it's definitely part of it is, is the, the fact that I heard yeah. that it's, and, just, it's put, it puts like something more real to it. Yeah. And and Gacy would actually use the, you said you're not as vulnerable, he would use the vulnerability of his victims as like these young kids 
trying to earn a living, trying to impress their boss. Well, I think that we're we're kind of conditioned to think that the girls are more right. No, I then yeah. this is what I'm trying to. No, I understand here. what you're saying. And Bagasi would use his status too as a pillar of a community to his advantage. He'd bring these young men, these young boys, over to his house. He would handcuff himself first. This is what you were talking about. He would handcuff himself and then escape, acting like he had just done a magic trick with prop handcuffs. And then once the victims were at ease and they saw this trick, he'd cuff them and say, I'm going to show you how to escape. And then once they were handcuffed, he'd show them that he had a handcuff key. And he would knock them out with chloroform. And while they were knocked out, he would rape them. He'd also then murder his victims by strangulation via rope. Yeah, I'm I'm real quickly starting to get like away from the I'm not feeling like like I'm sick to my stomach over listening to this shit because now I'm starting to feel sick to my stomach listening to this shit. Yeah, no, he's a bad man. There, there's no doubt about it. He, John McGacy was a bad man. And I think I think that there are some people that are just fucked up, like just just kind of born mm-hmm. fucked up. I think John Wayne Gacy was conditioned. Yeah, it was upbringing. It was the culture at the time. It was like that you had to kind of repress being gay you're being and i think that he was weak in one way so this was his strength in another right you know he was probably meant to feel like you're weak you're weak you're weak and no now i'll show you who's weak mm-hmm. so then he goes and does this is it the right fucking thing to do no it's disgusting it's fucked up you know but i'm not trying to make excuses for him i i think i'd like to put myself in the mind of these people and instead of pointing the finger and always being like you're a monster you know like kill him I like to understand why so we can f- prevent that from it happening in other cases. Yeah. Like you need to break it down psychologically instead of just being like, kill it with fire. Like you can't always fucking do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to understand why they do that so we can prevent it. It's the fucking only way you can do it. You need to understand it. And then as far as like the actual murder method, what, what Gacy would do is he would murder his victims by strangulation via rope. He'd loop rope around his neck, and he would have a stick, and he would take the rope through the stick and then twist it around so it would slowly tighten. And he liked to read Bible verses to his victims while he would do this. Oh, boy. And they said it was a long process. Like Some of these people would be convulsing for hours before they would finally like stop moving and just like rigor would set in. I hope at that point, if you're convulsing for hours, that your mind, like your, you bo- may be unconscious. That you're not in, yeah, point, you're yeah. you're not like suffering for all those hours. Like your mind is gone. Like I had my, I had an eleven hour operation on my neck. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much of that I remember? None, none of it. Yeah, I remember none of that the eleven joys hours. of anesthesia. Right, I haven't. I'm out for eleven fucking hours, right. or or even longer because I remember going into the operating room. And they asked me to count backwards. And they were like, oh, you won't even remember that. I do. Mm-hmm. I remember counting backwards. I don't remember hitting fucking zero. But I remember being like, you know, 10, 9, 8, 7. And I was out. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I stopped at 6 or 7. I don't know. I think that when I... Because I, the only time I was ever put out like that, that I remember... Well, it was actually twice. But I remember when I had my tonsils taken out. I was like 8 years old, I think. And they had me counting down from like 100. I think I remember getting to like 96 or 95. Maybe I was... Maybe it was 100. Maybe, you know, but whatever it was, what I'm saying is that I I do remember going in there and then I remember them trying to talk to me and saying my name and saying my name and they're saying my real name, my government right. name. And then I remember my ex was like, 
just say this name. Yeah. And they were they said that name, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, right. I respond. I didn't respond to my real like mm-hmm. my government name because when they said Jackson, you're like, oh yeah, that's me. Yeah, I said Jackson. Oh, hello, that's me. Yeah. No. Um. But I hope though that these people that as, as they're bot like they're convulsing and shit. I hope that they're just not with it. Yeah. I hope that at this point that they're out and they. Yeah, that point's like a horror story. It's horrible. But uh, but Gacy's body count, uh, we didn't really mention this, but he would store his victims in the crawl space of his home. He would have his employees, and they wouldn't know like, that we know of what this was for. They thought, thought it was actually for plumbing, a plumbing project. He opened up this crawl space in his home and would have them dig trenches. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I do know that about one, one guy he came in, and he was like, he kind of gave him that job. All right, you're going to dig. Uh, but stay away from this area right and he would do all that and um not knowing that he was digging his own grave yeah yeah and yeah for some of them it was just like they were just thought they were digging for plumbing or something like that and this is uh, who we're about to talk about is right and so gacy's body count eventually outgrew the capacity in his crawl space for his victims he briefly considered storing bodies in his attic but feared issues with quote leakage. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bodies because you, you have you have all these. Yeah, different... You're gonna putrefy and like you're gonna have like body drippings coming down your ceiling. Yeah. Instead, he stowed his final five victims in his car and, under the cover of night, tossed them off the I-55 bridge into the Des Plaines River. Is it Des Plaines or is it Des Plaines? Like, like I think Des Moines. It's, I think it's Des Plaines. I think it's Des Moines, but Des Plaines. I could be wrong. On it that. is Des. Okay. I think Des Plaines. I'm not from Illinois. No, it's just weird. At least I didn't say Illinois, because I know that one kind of irks them a lot. That irks me a lot when people say Illinois. (laughs) But I think it's Des Plaines. I'm not 100%. Yeah, it's weird. Like like I said, you figure it would be like Des Moines. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be Des Plaines? Maybe it was, and then Hervé Villachez got really famous. Like, we don't want to be known as the Hervé Villachez town. Right, yeah. The Plains, boss, the Plains. Yeah. John Wayne Gacy's final victims would also be the ones who would bring about his downfall, especially that last one. Robert Peist, Peist, Peist. Uh, Peist. Robert Peist was a 15-year-old working at a pharmacy in Des Plaines, and by now, by 1978, John Wayne Gacy was also working with a firm called PE Systems, and he was supervising the remodeling of pharmacies nationwide. I wonder if he had any soda fountains in there. Maybe. In 78, you would think, maybe the remodeling was getting taken out. Now you really hate him. Motherfucker. Now you really hate What Gacy. a fucking piece of you are, motherfucker. <laughs> I've never felt so sick to my stomach as I did this fucking episode. <laughs> you son of a bitch. He was rubbish. On December eleventh, trash. On December eleventh, nineteen seventy-eight. Always remember. Gacy went to the pharmacy that Robert worked at to discuss the possible plans to remodel it. Take away those fucking soda fountains. And bet he was no good, John Wayne Gacy. While talking to the pharmacy's owner, Phil Torf, Gacy mentioned that he hired teenage boys at the starting pay of five dollars an hour. And this would have been a huge raise for Robert. I mean, five dollars an hour. Uh, it's it's only seven. And this is seventy eight. It's forty two fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's still only two dollars lower than what minimum wages today. Yeah, it's what seven twenty five now. Yeah, I think? seven something. Yeah, that's seven, why we need to raise it to fifteen dollars an hour. And ca- sorry, God, <laughs> getting back on my phone. The one percent. You know your Bernie. You get Bernie, on my Bernie uh, soapbox. Soapbox. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, even when I started working, I started working in like 2003, I think. It was still 5.15 an hour. That was the minimum wage. 
Uh, so yeah, five dollars an hour for a teenage kid was good, and that's what he did. He would get these kids in with like good money for a, a 15, 16 year old kid, and then he would kill them. A lot of them. A lot of his victims were employees of PDM, and this would would have been a huge raise for Robert. It would have been almost double what he was making. So he approached Gacy about a job. Robert was so excited about the prospect that he told his mother about it. And then after leaving Forrest Macy with meeting with Gacy, he was never seen alive again. Oh, boy. Both Robert's mother and Phil Torf pointed to Gacy as someone whom Robert could have interacted with last. And upon looking into Gacy, they kind of discovered what was going on in Iowa. They discovered all these charges that were dropped. And police became more and more convinced that they were on to something. And they wound up getting a warrant to do a, a cursory search of the Gacy home and his car and things like that. So at this point, there's not like some national thing like like there's a clown going around killing a bunch of kids because kids are just right not being reported as like and I don't think like the clown thing came later because he wasn't like actually I think for like sometimes he would dress as Pogo when he killed people like he would knock them out with chloroform, rape them, then dress. Well, as he Pogo. was he was cruising dresses like picking up kids dressed as Pogo. Right. In the car, in his car, yeah. But a lot of the victims he killed, they were like people he would bring to his house that were there Abs- under a absolutely. false sense of security. Absolutely, I'm, I'm just saying, like, at the time, there's not like this national thing, like, like, like they're uh, right. worried about like the the Zodiac killer or like yeah. uh, Jack the Ripper was, mm-hmm. in, in you know, in the 1880s. This is this is not this just kind of flying under the radar because people don't give a fuck about teenage boys at this point right and and at this point the uh, whole idea of a serial killer is very much in its infancy like it's because of people like gacy and like ted bundy yeah and like that that we and and, and that, that we even know what a serial killer is criminology is like in its very infancy as a science yeah which is why a lot of these people were able to get away with it like a lot quicker than, for a lot longer than they would now and gacy was also working quick he did this a lot most of this in two years like he, like he, he has a body count of at least thirty-three. That's like what he was. He was a, he was convicted of thirty-three murders. Thirty of those thirty-three were in this two-year period in the cruising years. Yeah. So uh, they found things when they searched his home, like uh, three old class ring that had the initials J A S. They found handcuffs. They found driver's licenses with names like Michael B Baker and James Geo Tool. And I don't know why they didn't arrest him just then. I guess they they wanted to really pin that murder of uh, Robert on him. And yeah, they didn't have. They anything. probably figured that they can that they can get him on more. Yeah, and and so what they did was, which I hate, by the way, I hate hate when shit like that happens. I I guess they figure the longer time and the more shit you can go, the longer you can put somebody away. Instead right. of stopping it, like now and and preventing more fucking deaths, mm-hmm. because the 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 longer you want to calm down for a minute, because you're you're like <gasps> like you're you're just about to jump. Relax. I'm fine. Okay. Go ahead. I I think I'd rather them get the guy now mm-hmm. to prevent people from fucking dying in the meantime. Right. And they're looking for like a longer, just to put this guy away longer. So ah, let's let him stay out. And let, that's why I don't like sting operations and shit where they mm-hmm. allow shit to just keep happening and keep happening over like, fucking arrest them. But you can't, unless you have sufficient evidence and how's that not enough evidence to have, Maybe these guys also aren't reported missing. Right, exactly. I think I think that they were looking for a Michael B. Baker, and, and then the they James had his ID. Yeah, then they had his ID. Then that would be a different story. They were mainly looking at Gacy at this point, specifically for Robert Pice. Right. Um. Yeah. I. I guess you. It's not illegal to own a fucking 
uh, driver's license. Yeah, I found it in the street. Like that's yeah. how I can explain. Like why, why? Why do you have these things? I don't. I found these. I was, I'm going to send them back. I'm going to try to find who these people are and try to return it to them. Right. You know. And if nobody's reporting Michael B. Baker, James Shio Tool, or whoever missing, then mm-hmm. that's the problem with a lot of these cases is that there will be some like like they said John, his second victim between seventy who died between seventy two and seventy five nobody's reporting that missing like some of those victims to this day we don't know their names that's yeah. fucking bonkers that's bonkers you don't fucking know that like w- people you have kids you have like they're a family like may- maybe they're they could have been runaways maybe they're, yeah maybe they're runaways there, there are some theories we'll get to some of these theories later there are some theories about the people about the- some of the people like okay. at least two of them sure and so they 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 know they're on the something. They can't pin any one specific thing down on them, but they know they're on the something here. So they they didn't arrest Casey, but they confiscated his car. They placed him under twenty four hour police surveillance. They didn't hide it. There was just cop cars parked outside of his house. He was being followed everywhere he went to the point where he was even going to sue the police department. He was, he was well, in- not for anything, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you you can't just follow somebody because you want to follow. Like that's not lawful. You know, mm-hmm. just because you are uh, a law enforcement, you're enforcing the law. You're not writing the law. Right. But in, in the meantime, they're also working on getting like more search warrants to like go through the house a lot in a lot more detail and things like that. Right. Right. And so they were also interviewing Gacy's associates. One was a former employee who admitted that Gacy had paid him to spread lime through his crawl space. You know, here here's another thing, too, with what, what I was just saying. My thing is, like, it's not lawful. People are going to be like, well, fuck this. This guy's a killer. But we don't know that yet. You can't just follow somebody and go in somebody's house because you want to. Well, I think you can do a stakeout. Like, a, a cop can park outside. You can't follow somebody all the time. You can't follow. Like, police just can't follow you everywhere you go. You walk into a supermarket, just follow you. It's harassment. And they and can't that's just. that's what he was saying. He was a legend. Right, right because, it's, because you can't just do that. You I, can't... Think they, I think they had the legal. I think they had filed the paperwork to. Because they do, the pe- police do do stakeouts. They do put people under surveillance. Again, you're talking stakeouts. Hey, let's mm-hmm. let's. I got an idea. Mm-hmm. Here's a novel fucking idea. Let's move off of stakeouts. Let's talk about following and harassment. Because you're saying he followed him everywhere. He did what do they have to to be able to do that? What do they have that's that's a, that they're able? He's to a murder fo- suspect. Okay. Okay. And they're they're. Are they, see if are they are they does the law at that point in that year say that they can follow him everywhere he goes i'm not sure how it will work legally like or, or do they overstep their boundaries like they do today like I, I was gonna say i know they do that now because they'll do that with people when they they won't give dna samples they will follow people until they like drop a throw out a cup they were drinking out throw out a bottle they were drinking out of but when they fought but when they follow them and do that mm-hmm. they're tip they're typically like it's kind of like a, like they're they're not doing it like you, you don't like you don't see a bunch of fucking cop cars following you around right these people are just like playing closed they're like undercover fucking doing that shit because yeah I, I don't know the exact case but I remember hearing the story about this one guy and he knew they were doing it too like he would go out to smoke cigarettes and then he would like put the uh the the like the the the, the part left over he would like sm- like rub it out and then put it in his pocket like he wouldn't throw cigarettes yeah. <laughs> like he wouldn't throw cigarette butts out he wouldn't like any anything he had he would take it home like he would incinerate his trash like he was doing all these things so they and then eventually i think one time he just forgot to it was like a he was at a mall or... it was like a bottle of water yeah 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 i, I, I saw do, that too they'll do that all the time and like when they're like interviewing somebody they won't give a dna sample they'll offer him like a cup of water or something and they'll like um they'll be like no i'm good 
because they know they're just trying to get a DNA sample off the cup. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, neither here nor there. It's there. Um, but Gacy was even like, even though it was like saying he was going to sue the police department and everything, he kind of tried to make nice and be friendly with some of the police officers. Yeah. And one of the things they did, and this is kind of like the final mistake that Gacy made. Well, I don't, I don't know if this comes in yet uh, in, into the story, but I know at some point he even invites them, like people that are fighting. He, he has dinner like parties for them and shit. He's trying to, I guess, sh- uh, schmooze them. Yeah. On December 19th, 1978, Gacy invited a pair of officers into his house. Just like, hey, you're outside. Come on in. It's, it's December. It's Illinois. It's cold. Come on in for a little bit. And they were actually trying to get a look at one of the TVs in his house because they thought it belonged to one of the people they thought he may have murdered. Okay. It was a former employee, but he kind of kept them away from the TV. But eventually, one police officer says, hey, can I use your bathroom? So he go, lets him go up and use the bathroom. And Cause, Because at this point, look, they know they know that they can't just go around searching shit, that they have to have... Yeah, they're, they're working on getting a warrant. They have to have a warrant to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like... They're Dracula at this point. Mm-hmm. They have to be invited in. Right. And then when they're invited in, they have to sneakily go mm-hmm. and, and and try to like look around for what they can without, you know, him catching because if he could be like, hey, stay the fuck out of that that bedroom. Right. And now it's gonna make them more suspicious, but they can't just go into the bedroom. Now, here's here's why I get a why I get bothered by that. Not by that, but by people. Because it's not lawful for them to do that. Whether or not he's a killer or not, it's not lawful. They can't just go and barge in and say, hey, I think you're a fucking killer. So, or I think that there's something s- sneaky about you or suspicious. So I'm going to just go in your bedroom and just learn. You can't do that. Right. Unless you get, you know, the okay. Um, and, uh, but there are people like, oh, he, he should be able to do it anyway. That's where I have I have problem with those fucking people. Do yeah, you get- I believe there should be due process. I think I think there's yeah. Uh, but what what happened here is the one officer goes into the bathroom when they had come in the first time to do the search warrant. The heat was on at that time, but it, for whatever reason, at this point, the heat wasn't on in the house, or it was on rather. Right, and so they notice the police officer notices notices this foul smell coming from the heating duct, and he knows like this is a smell of a dead body. So that's like okay, something's up here, and so they already have Gase in the crosshairs. They already know he's up to something. Now they're just convinced they have their man. And two days later, December twenty first, they come armed with a search warrant, and they're looking through the home more thoroughly. And remember, they've been talking to like former associates, and one even said, "I I spread lime through the crawl space." So this time they're looking through the crawl space because there was one that got away. It was 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 it Pice that got away? No, Pice was murdered. Pice was murdered. There was some, maybe it was the other team. Was it the wrestler? No, I think there was another one that got away. That was a former employee. Okay, because I know that there was one that got away. Right. Yeah, and he was the one that did work in the in the well, crawl space. Right. He he said he didn't. T- he was he didn't talk about like John Wayne Gacy trying to like molest him or rape him or whatever. For, he didn't talk about it for years. Right. So he may have been one that you know kind of came and snitched to, to people later right to the police later. he could have been the one that was spreading the lime and stuff yeah but anyway they open up the the crawl space and they hit the mother load uh they had found human remains from dozens and dozens of victims throughout years and years and years and so they bring john wayne gacy in and after intense questioning he confesses to multiple murders i think at first he said 20 or more was what he said at the beginning on december 22nd 1978 
And as as he's getting ready to defend himself and things like that, he first claimed to suffer from multiple personality disorder to try to do an insanity plea. And the prosecutors argue, because part of insanity means you don't know what you're doing, there's no real plan. He might, though, have that, that kind of identity uh, thing, because remember... Um, we were saying earlier when he would do the when he would put on his mother's panties and like mm-hmm. put the lipstick on and all that stuff. He had said that uh, at some point to someone that he felt like he was born in the wrong body, right? That he, like he should have been born a woman. So, what is that identity disassociative? That that's sort of what that's what they call multiple personality now. Disassociative. That Some people disorder. think that he may really have had that. That okay. there may be different. Right things to john wayne gacy and not mm-hmm. not just one you know one person uh, one person i get that yeah he's trying to use this as an excuse but there may be something to that but what they argued was that you had that but then you had gacy as gacy seemingly normal uh having old pdm employees doing work on the crawl space digging trenches and that showed premeditation that he Absol- knew what well, he was doing well well he definitely knew what he was doing but i don't think a sane person could do that I think you have to be insane anyway to, to kill thirty three people. To kill, th- in your yeah, house, you yeah. have to be insane. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I always find that argument to be very strange. Like, well, they knew what they were. Doing. Yes, because he's fucking crazy. Because you don't, you don't kill people. Right. If, if you know, obviously there's, there's uh, a very, uh, there, there's, there's a limitation on his. Um, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, be, like to get, to stop yourself. We're doing something. Willpower? Yeah, like yeah, but there's another word. Restraint. Restraint. Sure. Well, let's go with restraint. Yeah. There's there's a very there's a huge limitation on restraint mm-hmm. and you know, like stopping himself from doing shit. And then their last ditch, uh, Gacy's defense's last ditch effort, was they argued that all thirty three deaths that he he was being charged with were cases of accidental erotic asphyxiation. Oh, okay. He yeah. he they they got a little Even too the one rough. that he stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> He got a little rough, and he choked them 33 times. Yeah, it's like, I accidentally threw that one over the fucking bridge. Yeah. Whoops. Well, that was afterward. That was at- One thing he said was, the worst crime I uh, am guilty of is running a cemetery without a license. Okay. Yeah, that's one thing he said. Maybe he really thinks this. Maybe. Or thought that. But ultimately, the jury spent less than two hours deliberating. John Wayne Gacy was found guilty of 33 counts of murder, on March 12th, 1980. Yeah. And that's why we're doing this topic today, because when this comes out, it'll be March 12th, 2020, oh, 40 years ago 40 to years this day to that this day. show is dropping. John Wayne Gacy was found guilty of murder. And part of that uh, 33 counts was 12 death sentences. And then he was conv- convicted, I guess, like 30, 21 separate life terms in prison. Mm. Uh, so while in prison, Gacy took an interest in art, and many of his works were centered around clowns, particularly Pogo the Clown himself. And he was even selling that for a profit for a little bit. And his work sold for as much as $20,000 a piece. Some of them were like a lot less than that, but the high, I think the high mark was 20000 and but a ruling in 1985 prevented him from making any more money off of his. Reminds me of the toolbox killers. Uh, toolbox killers when a ruling made them stop like being able to. Yeah, when it was like sue. a vexatious litigant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, other people did things too, like Edmund Kemper. We talked about he was an audiobook reader. He would read books for the blind. Okay. And yeah, a lot of people would do things like that. And Gacy's thing was painting. And in 1994, or by 1994. John Wayne Gacy had exhausted all of his appeals. His time was up. He was given a last meal of Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's apropos, huh? Fried shrimp, mm. French fries, Ooh. a pound of strawberries, weird, and a Diet Coke. 
Yeah, because you got to really <laughs> watch your weight. I think it, you know what? I'll I'll eat a bunch of bad shit and then drink Diet Pepsi because I like the taste. I yeah. don't drink it. Oh, I actually do drink it because it is less sugar. Um, there's obviously other bad stuff in it, but but I like the taste. I can't drink a regular Pepsi or Coke today. It's too sugary. It's uh, you know, and they don't even use like cane sugar and, and most. I mean, you could get it with cane sugar, but high fructose the high fructose corn syrup. I don't like man. It's too. It's Apparently, too the sweet. trick with Coke is you either have to buy kosher Coke, yeah, or Mexican Coke, yeah, yep, because they both have real cane sugar. Yep, I know for a while they had that Pepsi throwback that was cane sugar. And then, and this is out of business cell. They had Dublin Dr. Pepper. There's this one plant in Dublin, Texas that made Dr. Pepper with cane sugar, but they had this agreement with the main Dr. Pepper company where they would only sell it within their like area. And then they wound up selling it online and it just blew up their whole thing and they got put out of business. I wonder why uh, high fructose corn syrup isn't kosher. I don't know. Yeah. No idea. Strange. Okay. But anyway, when asked for his last words before being executed, Gacy kept it simple and he said, kiss my ass. All right. Some who have studied the case and looked at Gacy's movements, and especially around the time later on when he was starting to do those things with drugstores around, and like he was traveling all these places for work, they're like, ah, we don't know if he was able to do all these by himself. And a lot of people think he had accomplices for some of the crimes, likely other PDM employees. One specific theory involves a former employee of Gacy's named Philip Paskey, who I believe died in 1998. and know he's dead now. Okay. I don't know if it was like 98, 2008, something like that. While never officially connected to the Gacy murders, Paskey was a known associate of a sex trafficker named John Norman, and it's believed that Gacy at the very least killed two of the trafficking victims and may have been directly involved in the child trafficking ring itself. Oh, shit. And there's, there's nothing proving that, but right. that's a theory but, a lot but, of people have. But they're have. able to connect a few dots right, there's a few There's a few dots there connecting, yeah. And, with, and maybe that's why we don't know some of these victims, because maybe they're just like people who were fell into that sex trafficking. This is board. why I need glasses because the next line I thought it said 33 coronaviruses. No, no, that that's that's too many coronaviruses. That's an outbreak. With 33 coronaviruses to his name, with 33 convictions to his name. Aha. Uh-huh. John Wayne Gacy is officially as far as like murders he was convicted for, the fifth most prolific known serial killer in American history. Okay. He was fourth, but there's a new guy at number 1. I forget his name. We talked about him this week in murder before. Gary Ridgeway is second. Uh, the Voodoo Queen of New Orleans is up there, and then Ted Bundy is also slightly ahead of Gacy. And Ted Bundy like was like, no, I killed a bunch more people, but they wouldn't give him the record. H.H. H. Holmes... Uh, but he was only convicted convic- of like three of them. Convicted of a few, but he supposedly has a whole lot. Oh, they're yeah. like in the hundreds. Yeah, there's hundreds. plenty of people they think were over in, like in the hundreds. Yeah. Of people we covered, he's up there. Um, we don't know about H.H. H. Holmes, but... Alexander Petrushkin, the chessboard killer. Like I said, you're. If, but if you do yeah. this and you're in the military, you're a hero. <laughs> Though other killers have unconfirmed counts that are higher than Gacy's, doesn't really matter where he stands on that list. He is, as we said at the very beginning, one of the most infamous murderers in American history. Yeah. And that's his story. That's That's, the story. That's Gacy. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, Marilyn Manson, you had, uh, there was, there was a, there was like a- Madonna Wayne Gacy. Madonna Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Yeah. And then they did Cake and Sodomy, which is uh, Mm -hmm. how I was kind of connecting that earlier. Um, so I think he's uh, well of, of the original Manson people that I know of. He's the second because we did Albert Fish and there was Ginger. Fish. And then you, you have to think that there was some kind of ins- inspiration for like clown from from Spawn, mm-hmm. uh, the Joker makeup for the new Joker. Stephen King has said because uh, this might be where Pennywise. Going to, Pennywise, he has said, is not based on Gacy. Okay, 
But that's but yeah. But you're a killer clown. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, were there killer clowns? Because was killer clowns from outer space is in the nineties, yeah, or eighties rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know that that they were like, hey, let's look at Pogo's makeup for for uh for Joker. Yep, yeah, it's possible. But people think that it's inspired mm-hmm. by that. Um, yeah, or at least some future ones because wasn't Joker was already around. Plus, by you it. had Twisty the uh, the clown from uh, American Horror Story. The movie I think it's called Clown. You just, you, you, people have this thing to cl- you know, with clowns. There's a big clown outbreak like the coronavirus. Yeah, the killer clowns in 2016. Oh, we so forgot stupid. about that when we elected one president. But yeah, there was like a thing where people were just seeing clowns all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but, so. the, but I mean, obviously, he wasn't the inspiration for the Joker at first because the Joker came before. No, no, this. no, no. I'm talking the, yeah. the Joker's makeup. Right. The Joker's makeup. Because like Cesar Romero's playing the Joker in 66, Casey didn't cut to like the 70s. Different makeup. Right. Talking about the makeup. Like Nicholson? Like that Joker or? No, I'm talking, I'm talking about uh, this makeup today. For, oh, okay. For Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. It does look kind of similar, like the heavy blues. Yeah, I wonder. I'm wondering if it was taken, Possibly, yeah. if, if Joaquin Phoenix's Joker makeup was inspired by, by Pogo. Just wondering. Could not have been. I don't know. I never looked at them side by side. But anyway, uh, so I actually have a little plug. A little. Uh, I have an upcoming show. Okay. Uh, I have an upcoming show for months and months and months. I've I've been going over like. Just throwing around different names. Uh, one of the names I had, uh, I actually, I want to use it for something else, for a different project, uh, for wrestling t-shirts and stuff like that. So, uh, but the the original name is going to be called Markin' Out. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was going to, the way it's stylized is like M-R-K-N-O-U-T, Markin' Out, right? If you're a wrestling fan, you know what Mark Out means. You mark out for somebody. You you could probably explain it a little bit more eloquently than I can. It's like geeking out, like getting like excited. Geeking out, right yeah. there, you go. So I wanted to do marking out, uh, and I'm I'm like, you know what? I I, I love it because I have a bunch of t-shirt ideas, and I think I'm going to do it that way. But I wanted to do a t-shirt. Uh, I wanted to do a show called Marking Out, basically about where I just sit there and I talk to other people about marking the fuck out, mm-hmm. and. Geeking out would have been another one. Don't know if that's taken, but that would have been a cool fucking geeking out would have been a cool. But then again, some people are, are hate when you have geek in the fucking title. Right. So anyway, I decided I'm going to do a show called Talking Back, mm-hmm. but I'm doing a talk, not talking, talking, T-A-L-K-I-N apostrophe. Uh, B-A-C-K? B-A-C-K. Or so, just B-A-K with a backwards k no i'm not gonna do that's no, cool it's not cool oh. talking back and we're gonna talk nostalgia we're gonna talk uh fond childhood memories toys cartoons video games comic books wrestling movies music whatever you know whatever people were really really into that just brings you back and you're like man i fucking i miss that and uh so for example i can't enjoy obviously like action figures like i did as a kid because yeah. i'm not a kid anymore right so if I buy an action figure today because I think it looks cool, it's going to sit on the shelf. I'm not going to play with it. If I buy G.I. Joe's today, I'm mm-hmm. going to be really upset. Why am I going to be upset? Because I'm going to buy it and I have to put it on a shelf because I can't play with it. And I can play with it. It's funny because you kind of want to play with it now. And if you think back, you're like, I wish I wouldn't play with them then. Just kept them in the packaging because it'd be worth a lot of money. Nah, dude, I'm I'm part of the let them breathe. Let them breathe. Fucking uh, 
uh, like Zack Ryder uh, from WWE mm-hmm. and Kurt Hawkins. They have they have like a YouTube series. They have a, a podcast too, but they have a YouTube series. They will buy old like toys that are worth like that that are rare, right? And they'll rip them out of the package. They have plenty of money though, so they don't really need to. It's not even about plenty of money. Yeah. It's just about that. I mean, I guess you need money to buy the more rare toys, mm-hmm. but they will rip them out of the package. And other people like are like, "What are you doing? You're fucking stupid!" You know, like, "Why the fuck? You don't like it's worth so much, but it's not for you. It's right. for them." So I would probably do the same fucking thing. Like if I got an old like Batmobile or something and it was in a box, I would take it out of the fucking box. What good is it doing sitting in the box? It's like an investment. You're like buying it to display. It's like a right. But you're buying it to display. You want to display the actual thing, not the box. Because for all I know, the box is empty. For all somebody knows, the box is is empty. Uh, Display the thing. But and I think there's always that idea that you might resell it later for more. Like it's an investment. Absolutely. Yeah. But but guess what? You could still, if you buy, let's just say you buy a complete set of mask action figures, right? Mm-hmm. But you take it all out of the box. You rip the action figures out of the package. It's still going to be worth something. Not as much as it would be right. mint on card, but you're still going to be able to sell it for a profit. My thing is rip them out of the fucking package. I'm with them. I'm with, let them breathe, man. Rip them out of the package because that's what they were. They were fucking made. What's up? No, I was doing that. Oh, you did the rip them. Yeah. From uh, No Holds no Barred. Bar. I I thought you were giving me some sign. I no, was like, no. what is happening? Okay. I'm like, I don't know that one. What is the weird hand triangle? It's rip them. <laughs> I, I was like, what's... Beer? I have a DVD of No Holds Barred not, that's unwrapped. I, I watched it once. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, But yeah. So, but my thing is, what, what upsets me is going back like... Uh, and getting toys like if i went to, to like i get a little de- i get a little depressed because i think it's part of nostalgia nostalgia is like it reminds you it's like hey you're not fucking eight anymore you know mm-hmm. or you're not nine let's because right now i'm 39 mm-hmm. okay i'm not nine 30 years has, has went uh has gone by and i can't go and buy toys and and play with them like dude i would love to be able to go and play with them but your mind is different. Your brain chemistry, mm-hmm. everything's different. So you can't enjoy it. Like I could sit there and I could watch cartoons by myself all day long, but I don't enjoy things. So the thing is, is I have kids. I actually can sit there and watch cartoons with the same cartoons that I can't watch at night by myself. I could watch during the day and enjoy them because there's just something different about enjoying it with your kids, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, but my show is going to be about like, what are your, your most fond memories and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And what you, you know, what you would like to see come back toy wise or cartoon wise remakes. Cause I'm all for remakes. So a lot of people are against them, you know, you'll any remake, whether it is going to be good or bad. People are, Oh, leave so-and-so alone. You ruined my childhood. I, I think it's silly talk. Yeah. I mean, I like the, I like the occasional original thing. I don't like that. Everything is a remake now. No, but, no, but but remakes are fine. But the thing is, is like if you love Jumanji, right? I'm going to throw out Jumanji mm-hmm. as an example. If you like Jumanji, you can also like the new Jumanji too. Mm-hmm. It's got a good cast: The Rock, Kevin Hart, uh, Jack Black, uh, Karen Gillan, Gillan. Good cast. Yeah. Um, fan of all four of those. I actually saw the new one uh, with the kids. Liked it. 
Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was funny. I did. I thought it was funny. People don't want to laugh because it's it's almost like it's shameful to laugh at, you know, uh, like mainstream right. comedy today. Like there was this thing where like we would intentionally, I think, not laugh at Jack Black stuff because it's Jack Black. And it was like, this dude is so corny. I will always point. laugh at Tenacious D. No, 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 not Tenacious D. I'm talking about Jack Black movies. Okay, yeah. Because like a lot of his movies, I like School of Rock. I like because he became that that character, right? And it was just like, there's you could be funny, but then there's also like I'm supposed to laugh because you made a noise, right? Like he talked like that, and then people laughed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you do that, I don't know what, what was that. I don't know. It's like that kind of like. When we do like grit, guttural, more like ah thing. Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. And if he does that, I'm not gonna laugh at that just right. because he's doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. But if he says something that's actually funny, I'm going to laugh. But anyway, so yeah. So my my show is gonna be called Talking Back, and uh, it's talking back because one, because I'm a loud mouth motherfucker. If you say some dumb shit, I'm gonna talk back to you. I've always talked back to everybody, parents, teachers. I'm a piece of shit. Um, it's actually not a good way. I'm a great guy. It's not a good way to put yourself over. Uh, but it's called talking back because I'm talking about retro stuff, mm-hmm. talking nostalgia. So yeah, so that's going to be coming soon. Uh, I don't know who my first guest is. Maybe it's you. Oh, I, maybe it's, uh, I have no idea. I have oh. no idea what my first guest, but like I said, we're going to cover wrestling toys, comics, anything from our childhood. Um, yeah. What about, uh, what about you? Oh, also, uh, we have a uh, tornado tag podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be doing that soon. Uh, this comes out Thursdays. That comes out Friday. So it's like a one-two punch. Yeah. Murder yeah. my dude on Thursday. Tornado tag on Friday. There you go. Yeah. I don't know what day I'm going to be doing uh, my show. Um, but yeah, there's that. So it's talking back with Jackson Wells. It'll be on projecthumanoid.com. Um, also, you can follow uh, you can follow Talking Back Pod on uh, Instagram. And uh, I believe I have the same. I believe I have the same uh, Gmail name. So you get email if you have any idea or you want to be a guest and you uh, have some cool childhood stories. You want to talk uh, some old toys, whatever. Uh, email me at talkingbackpod at gmail dot com. So. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about that. That's all I just got to say about that. About that. Yeah. Well, well, there's one last one last thing to say. It's time for another game of Who Died the Worst. That's right. It's time for everybody's favorite game, Who Died the Worst. It's not Who Died the Funniest. It's not Who Died the First. The name of the game is Who Died the Worst. Jackson Wells, I'm going to give you one, two, three deaths, and you are going to tell me who died. Did you have to count worst. on your hand for that? No, it was a little bit of getting into the character. This is uh, it's a, this is a point of the show where I, I, I step out of the Jackson Wells role, and I assume my character from Tornado Tag Podcast, which is... Jack the Snack. Riley. Jack the Snack Riley. Snack. I, I call you Snacks and Wells at this point of the show. All right. You know what? Let's do that. At the end of the show, fine. I become Snacks and Wells, which is uh, 974. Okay. It's named 974. So death number one. Actually, by this point, this is episode 55. So this is actually death number 
like 160 something. Okay. Is uh it's an old one. It's I can't wait till it's 167. It might be. It might be. I have that count. Mike D. Uh, I I don't know. He might be. One of these deaths could be death number 167. Uh, but anyway, uh, this first one's one of the older deaths we've ever, we've ever done. This is uh, Ismail Ibn Hamad Al Jahari. So let me let me try that again. Ismail Ibn Hamad Al Jahari. He was a uh, a scholar from Farab in Kazakhstan. What what is now Kazakhstan? It was the Turkic area, the Turkic region at the time. And what what year is this? Uh, this is somewhere in the early 11th century. So oh, we're talking oh, about oh, wow, long time ago. Before, yeah, <laughs> way before Wi-Fi. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, so this is somewhere uh, they think in like between a thousand and three and a thousand and ten. Okay. So the early, early, this early is like 11th century, Viking time, it's about a hundred years ago. Hundred. A little over a hundred years ago. Hundred. What year? Thousand. A little over a thousand. What years. the fuck? I get my hundreds of thousands mixed up. <laughs> That's why I repeated it. I'm yeah. like, what are you saying to me right now? A little over a thousand. Yeah, years this is ago. Viking time. Yeah, mm-hmm. but different part of the world, right? And obviously, they didn't have flight at this point. So what? Uh, what Ismail did was he attempted to fly. Okay. And by f- his his method was using two wooden wings and a rope. All right. And he jumped from the roof of a mosque. Yeah. And Nishapur and okay. fell to his death. Yeah. All right. I respect his ingenuity. Mm-hmm. And that's where it ends. I disrespect his planning. <laughs> yeah. As I believe it was uh, Bill Hicks said, if you think you can fly, start from the ground. You don't see birds getting on an, ele- in an elevator to go up to the top floor of a building. Death number two. Death number two is a man named J.I. Rodell. He was one of the earliest people popularizing and actually bringing a name to what is now huge, the organic movement. Okay. He, he was all for pesticide-free vegetables. Right. He, he, he was anti-GMO dude, right? Uh, well, this was pre-GMOs. This was like in the... He was around in like the 50s and 60s. Well, GMOs were still around, but in different... Yeah, he was against pesticides. He was against people... Because I think they say the pear is technically like a GMO or well, something like... they may have crossbred things. Like yeah, I mean, isn't that... that that's GMO, isn't it? Uh, but you're not actually modifying a gene. You're just okay. kind of breeding. It's you're like breeding. saying when you breed a dog, you're ge- genetically modifying a dog. Right. Well, you know. Um, but he, he was like very pro that, like he didn't like cooking foods and a lot of excess fat. Okay. He was against dairy. He's a a health dude. Gotcha. Yeah. He, he, he was against dairy. He told people sugar was evil and could make you crazy. Well, he fucking, uh, there's actually, uh, so there's, I heard that. I heard that there's a lot of, uh, and he may have been one of the people that kind of perpetuated this research. The things with uh, sugar, cause it, it it does, it does, uh, change brain chemistry and stuff. And Um, uh, fuck, I think, you know, like I said, I think there's a lot of brain chemistry that, that was changed in John Wayne Gacy, so. Maybe he ate a lot of sugar as a kid. Well, Too many cookies. I mean, he, was was fat, a he was a fat kid. Yeah. He was a fat dude. Yeah. Too many cookies. I'm sorry. I don't mean to fat shame, but I'm fat, so I can say it. Isn't that how it works? I think that's the rule. If you are whatever, you could say whatever then about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to talk shit about people who love Diet Pepsi, because I don't know if there's anybody in soup. Because is there, do you know anybody that likes soup more than me? No, not at all. Yeah. You could do I a whole episode of you. You could do a whole episode of talking back about soup. You could do. A soup I episode. will. I'm actually going to. Okay, you are doing the soup episode. Th- no, listen. There's a, here's there's a legit reason. Mm-hmm. As a kid, my favorite place to go to was called Soupy Island. Okay, 
It was a real place in Jersey. There's was, a teaser for you. It was called Soupy Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, go ahead. So, and one of the things that's really acclaimed to fame for J.I. Rodell is he is the founder of something that's still around to this day, Prevention Magazine. That was, that was his magazine. Okay. He started that. But he was on, uh, it's funny because we brought this guy up before recently, he was on the Dick Cavett show. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he was around 72 at the time, and he had just done an interview, and during the interview he said, I'm in such good health, I fell down a long flight of stairs yesterday and I laughed all the way. I've decided to live to be 100. I've never felt better in my life. And he said, I'm going to live to be 100 unless I'm run down by some sugar-crazed taxi driver. So after he's... Died on the way home. No, after his after his segment's over, they, they go to commercial, they bring out the next guest, who was a writer for the New York Post named Pete Hamill. So they're talking, and Hamill's sitting near or closer to uh, J.I. Ro- Rodell than, than Dick Cavett was, and he's like, he notices he isn't moving, he's like, this looks bad, something's wrong. And Dick Cavett kind of deadpan, is like, are we boring you, Mr. Rodell? And he was unresponsive. And died right there on the couch. They never aired that episode of the Dick Cavett Show. Oh, shit. He died on the set of the Dick Cavett Show. So it was earlier than the ride home. Right, yes. He didn't even make it See, to that's the ride where I, I, was, I was... When I said that, you should have said earlier. And then went into it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to teach you how to do comedy or anything. But I'm just, you know... So I just That's just how I would have wrote that. That's death number two. Death number two is dying on the set of the Dick Cavett Show. Yeah. After you just said you're going to live to be 100, and then you miss your mark by 28 years. It's a shame. So did they autopsy? I believe it was a heart thing. I think he had a heart attack. You could be that. That's the thing is that you you could that there's a genetic thing too. You could be healthy as like you could be mm-hmm. Jim Fix, you know, and uh, that ticker goes out, you go out. Yeah, it's over and out. It's it's always funny when you have how old was that guy? Seventy two. Seventy two, and he's like this health nut, right? Mm-hmm. How old is Abdullah the butcher? Probably in his mid to late seventies. Mid to late seventies black mm-hmm. which if you're what's black have to do with it uh they say t- like it's typically black people i guess because of like high blood pressure hypertension high blood pressure, like hypertension yeah, like that, yeah stuff like that they don't really live to be uh life expectancy is i guess lower shorter, for black people than lower is. for black black well, males especially right um he's an old black guy mm-hmm. he's fat mm-hmm he owns a, and I don't know if he still oh, does. No, it's it's been closed for a while. Okay, he used to own a Chinese place and ribs, house so, of ribs and Chinese food. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Smokes cigars. Uh huh. But there's one thing that I left out. Mm-hmm. He's Canadian. I thought you're gonna. Let, I thought you're gonna add something else. He has hepatitis C. Oh yeah, he may have <laughs> he had, had it. I know he had it at some yeah. point. I don't know if he still has it because that's. I believe that that's curable at this point. I believe it is. So yeah. so he's old, fat, black, smokes. Bad diet. Bad diet. Yeah, we said fat. Yeah. But you can be like, but you can be fat and that, but, but, but he, we know that he doesn't have the best diet. Smokes, has hep C, mm-hmm. and he's alive. Yeah. And he, was yet- a, he was a collegiate athlete, though. He was a wrestler in college. So maybe he has like that background and that foundation was built well and then he just abused it later. What are you talking about? For 40 fucking years, we've known yeah, him that's to be the fat Abdullah the Butcher that we know him as. Mm-hmm. So that that's 40 years of, of you know, all that extra fucking weight. It doesn't matter how much, you know, he he weighed in high school or college. Right. After that, you know, that that's 40 years of, he could have, if he's 80 years old, he could be 40 years of a fucking, you know, well-built bodybuilder. It's also 40 years of fat ass on top of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... 
I mean, hey, look, I have 40 years of fat ass. Maybe I'll have... Abdullah just turned 79. In oh, oh, holy shit. I'm clo- I was really yeah. close. I, I was throwing out 80 as a fucking... Mm-hmm. Wow. He's almost 80 years old. Now that we've said it, he's... Do you have him in a death pool? I don't. I, I, I do, actually. I'm pretty sure I do. Okay. I, I have to look it up now. <laughs> do I have him in my death pool? I know I went. We head- should do. We should do a death pull for fucking uh, murder. My dude would be perfect for a death pull. Mur- murder my dude uh, and and tornado tag should have a res- wrestling death pull. I know I went heavy this year on pancreatic cancer. That was my. I, I bet. I bet big on pancreatic that's, cancer this year. That's fucking awesome. And in, in my death because pool, because Alex Trebek and-, and and Congressman John Lewis. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling up my death pool now, and I'm going. Oh, tell you. John Lewis. Wait, did he die? No, he's still alive. He has it. He has it. Oh, yeah. Man. My death pool is. I have John Lewis, Alex Trebek. Speaking of older black men. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Alex Trebek, Leon Spinks. What? Yeah. Shane McGowan. Shane McGowan? Yeah. It's in a wheelchair now, I think. From the, the band? The Pogues, yeah. The Pogues. What? Uh, Terry Jones, who I got already. That's 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 one from me. From uh, Monty Python. Yep. Oh, shit. William the Refrigerator Perry. What? I have. <gasps> this is an all-star team. I feel good about this death pool. I have Abdul the Butcher. This is so morbid. You just said you wanted to do a death pool. This is what it is. I have Abdul the Butcher. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I thought you said, I thought you're naming these people to have uh, pancreatic cancer. No, no, no. Just the first two. Who? No, dude, no. you just, I was like, no. No, no, no. These are all people that are in my, I have my death pool. Just the first two. Oh my cancer. gosh. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Fuck, dude. I was like, oh my God, they all have pancreatic no, cancer. No, I don't think you can find 10 celebrities with pancreatic cancer. They don't last that long. No, you're right. Uh, you're right. Who's the longest to fucking had it? Swayze, Swayze. had it for a while. Yeah. Swayze was a fucking beast like, kicking its Bill ass. Bill Hicks, it didn't last long. No. Well, maybe he had, well, the, the problem with pancreatic cancer and one of the reasons it's like has such a high fatality rate is well first of all you can't just take out a pancreas of course it's not like it's not like if you have like i know that i have diabetes right uh but also like it's so asymptomatic that by the time you actually start to feel symptoms of pancreatic cancer it's usually well well into the cancer and it's harder to treat that's why you should just go constantly just get get fucking treated every five minutes just get a pancreatic yo real quick this has nothing to do with that but uh my was it my cousin it may have been my first cousin's wife went and got like an ekg mm-hmm. and they're like oh everything looks good fucking left was walking out of the building into the parking lot to go to her car dropped out of a heart attack yeah yeah it's it's unpredictable yeah that's scary it is scary yeah you just left the safest place you're like just got an ekg completely fine yeah so uh you also- that, so that, that, that kind of ties back into the this guy thinks he's gonna live to yeah, 100 have a show so sorry we went very long just to round up my death pool list william the refrigerator perry oh here we go abdul the butcher mm-hmm. i do have dick cheney i have all right coming next week murder my dude death pool kamala i have oh shit yeah and tommy chong wow okay cancer survivor all right i know who somebody i'd be putting up there all right willie nelson okay yeah i can see that he's fucking dude he's old well, with this one, like the way it works is, uh, you you but you it's a point system, so right? Like, of course, of course. It's so like it, it, whatever their age is when they die, you subtract that from a hundred. Yeah. So like, if you had Kirk Douglas, you wouldn't get shit because he was over a hundred. Right. Um. Yeah. So that's why you wouldn't take him. Yeah. So that's how that works. So like, Terry Jones, I think was in his seventies, so I got like twenty some points. And so anyway, our third death, death number one. <laughs> third death. Three hours later. <laughs> just to kind of recap, because it's been a while. First death was a guy who made wooden wings and tried to jump off a mosque. Yeah. Second death is the heart attack on the Dick Cavett show. Yeah. The next one is Christophe de Marjorie, 
who was a French businessman. He was the uh, chairman and CEO of Total SA, which was a French oil company. And he was on a private plane, but it was, they were flying out on a snowy night. And his plane, his corporate jet, collided with a snowplow that was allegedly driven by a drunk driver. Oh, boy. So you're just flying along, and then snowplow. Okay. So death number one, flying. Death number two, couch. Death number three, flying. I have my winner. Okay. This is easy as Process shit. Process of elimination. Process of elimination. We're going with number one. They're out first? Yeah, you're out first. Yeah. You're, you're, Start from the fucking ground, like Bill hey, said. yeah. You're a fucking dumb shit. All right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're trash. You're rubbish. Um, no, you yeah, you don't. You don't do that. You right. don't like wooden wings are heavy. Why would you? You're right. heavy. Everything is heavy. You're right. now heavier. You've just amplified your heaviness. Why would you do that? I don't know. Um, so number one's gone. All right. So it's down to it's down to the Dick Cavett guest and it's down to the guy in the plane. Right. And who died the worst? I ask you. <sighs> okay. So this is uh, actually it's tougher than than than. I thought I'll, you had it already. I did have it. And then you lost it. I'll tell you why. I'll you tell you why. Lights, I'll damn. tell you why. Okay. Because I want my, I'm just going to tell you my winner. Okay. I want my winner to be number two. Number two? Okay. Because this guy thinks he's a picture of health. Right. At 72 years old, he still thinks he's a picture, you know, like all these sugar fucks, you know, mm-hmm. all these crazy sugar people, all these sugar daddies, and mm-hmm. sugar babies. Yeah. Sugar Running mama. around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then he dies. Yep. He's talking, boom, just fucking dies. Like, that's very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about who died the worst, are we talking carnage or are we talking situation? Like, because... It's an open-ended question. I guess it is. So I'm going to stick with number two. Okay, so that's who Because that number, I think, I think three could have been prevented... Yeah, if a guy's not driving a snowplow drunk, it's easily preventable. Like that's and also it's snowing and you're going out in a in a th- like you're it's kind of it's risky, mm-hmm. right? It's risky in the snow. It's risky business. Not Ricky business. No risky business. Uh, All right, so there you have it. My number. It was like, oh, this is easy. Number two, but then I'm like, but it's still very tragic. I personally would have went with three, but it's this is your this yeah, is your call to make. Right. Why would you have gone with three over two? Because Just because it's outside of your control. It's not your time. But, like, but it is. Outside. The guy it, died naturally. You also know it's snowing and you're in a fucking plate. You could have prevented traveling that way. Yeah. But you don't think, hey, I'm going to get hit by a drunk snowplow driver. Like it's not it's not like a precaution you you you're like thinking. No, but it's but it's bad conditions. You shouldn't be out when it's snowing anyway. They kind of warn people about that today. This is why, like, flights get canceled all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you? Do you want- I'm assuming it wasn't bad enough for the aviation people would probably shut them down. What year was it? It was fairly recently. I think it was like oh, okay, in the last like 10, 15 years. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. You know, you might disagree with me. Yeah, uh, hey. If you disagree with me, email me. Tell me you disagree with me. Murdermydude at gmail dot com. You can follow us. Uh, Murder my dude. Everywhere. Just look it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Facebook, we are... Podcast, Podcast my, dude. my Dude. But if you search Murder My Dude, you'll find you'll us. You'll find us, yeah. Uh, so, like, subscribe. Write to your mother. Write to your congressman. Tell them about us. Um, if you enjoyed our show, uh, write a five-star review and tell us why on your 
podcatcher of choice, iTunes, Apple Podcast. Well, Apple Podcast is iTunes now. They don't have iTunes anymore. Google Podcasts, anything like that. Yeah. Um, buy merchandise from us. I think yes. our merch store is still active. I got to go. Uh, I have to uh, fuck with the, the website. Um, get that up and running. And then, uh, yeah. Like I said, we have a new show coming. Well, I have a new show coming. Uh, talking back. Um, anything you would like to plug? No, I think we covered everything already. Okay. The only thing left to say is we will see you next week with more murder. Our dudes. That's not how we do it. My dude. Sorry. My dude. That was a long pause, wasn't it? I bet you thought I died like that guy on the dick. He died on the dick? John Wayne Gacy would have loved him.